127 oh. of the Geo and Meatbag Show featuring Rody and Cash. Hey guys, how are we? going on, boys? Epic, dude. I love oh, yeah, that, that intro. Nice intro. Yeah, the intro is sick. I love you guys. But yeah, well, yeah, we, we got too. a new and intro. I love everybody. Sorry, my oh, bad. Sorry. I didn't mean to step on you there, Meatbag. We got a new intro, everybody. Oh, Thanks dude, for noticing, but. I'm I'm stepping all over your feet, dude. We're on 127, dude, and we're off to a rocky start, man. It's an odd I'm number. That's why. Are you sure it's 127? Are we absolutely sure? It's <laughs> yes. I'm I'm sure. I'm, we're not I'm just sure. sure we're HIV positive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome everybody to the Geo and Meatbag Show, episode number 127. We got a great episode in store for you this evening. We are gonna review the Go Home Dynamite before double or nothing we also have a mm -hmm. kick-ass punk rock talk with our boy jeremy daniel of cosmic soup recording we also have a great nerdy news sesh yes we do Gio's a lot to talk about he, this is new news to him yeah it's new news not nerdy yes. news i think i figured at the top of the show we should announce who our guest is going to be for punk rock talk rather than surprise him like we did the last couple weeks so yeah just surprise our guests. Or the last, instead. last week. Last week. I'm sorry. Because I thought that we were going to get Samson on for this show. He was ready to go last show. I'm like, yeah, he's All ready right, to dude. go. Yeah. So? That was really cool. That was a great interview. Uh, folks, if you have not oh, heard yeah, that, please it. check it out. Episode number 126 featuring Samson in Punk Rock Talk. Great uh, tell all story there for Samson. I, I enjoyed the crap out of it. It was, it was very good. I really enjoyed awesome. it. Thanks, man. I'm glad you liked it glad you liked it thank you well yeah we got a great 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 episode in store for you guys this evening this day whatever it is we're recording at the evening time so my apologies but we fucking love you guys fuck it thank you so much for tuning in every single week dude let's just Party. do what we fucking always do around here and let's get right Party. the fuck into it oh this is punk rock time Welcome, everybody, to the least listened to segment in podcast history. Welcome to Punk, Punk Rock Talk, baby. All right. Folks, we have a wonderful segment in store for you guys. And today, I just want to introduce everybody into my good friend. And he's probably your good friend. So maybe no introduction necessary. Jeremy Daniel of Cosmic Supercord. Jeremy, how are you? Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Glad to be on the show. Thank you so much for having well, me. Well, calm down, Dale Denton. We, we actually need to talk to Jeremy Daniel today. So, uh, yeah. yeah, man, it, it's super cool to have you on, but in a different fashion rather than being like superior producer, which you are still superior producer in, in my eyes and you will forever be. Uh, but... 
But it's time to kind of, I kind of want to. Let's get him out from behind the board. Get him out from behind the board. Get him right there on the spotlight. Let's, let's fucking open it up. Let's talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. That's exactly what I'm thinking. So I just kind of want to start this out with, and this is usually how I start out uh, our interviews lately. When did you start getting interested in music, whether it was playing music or listening to music? When did it really, really like hit you hard that like, oh my God, I fucking love this shit. Well, shit. I mean, you know, just probably like everybody else just kind of growing up uh, listening to music. Uh, I was lucky enough that I had uh, two older brothers and an older sister so I could kind of hear music from from their from their rooms and kind of see what they're getting into uh, one brother's uh, 10 years older than me and so he was listening to you know early Metallica Guns N' Roses Iron Maiden um, the heavy stuff and uh, and so I'd go through like That's he, why he still had like vinyls so I would like go through his look at his records and, and stuff. He had all the Iron Maiden records. So of course, anybody that's familiar with that knows the iconic artwork, you know, yep. uh, Eddie's Eddie. more popular than the, the fucking band. So that drew me in. And then of course, like some of those like, like Wasp records and stuff talking about sex and, and stuff like that was all cool to me. And then my other brother, who is uh, six years older than me, he he was kind of uh, listening to like N.W.A. early on, Two Life Crew, and so I got to hear some of that uh, stuff growing up, and that was that blew my mind. And then um, when I was when I was ten years old, because that's how fucking old I am, that's when. Uh, the album 10 and Nevermind and you know the Metallica's Black album and, and yeah. uh, you know Soundgarden and stuff so Jane's Addiction that was a big one um, and so I'd get home from school and then my brother would be at work or whatever and then he had a six a six disc changer and um, and so I would just like listen to those CDs over and over and while and i like play on his computer like this was like in the early days of like modem and stuff so like he i I found like his porn stash and stuff and so so that (laughs) was it and uh and then i'd have to like put everything back the way it was and then when i knew he'd be coming home and so he hopefully didn't know that i was in his room the whole time but that's what i did for for years and then like as i you know, had a little allowance money. The the first cassette tape I ever bought, I was eight years old, and I bought Appetite for Destruction. Nice. And then, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the first CDs I bought um, was Aerosmiths, um, and and then there's probably like a Weird Al Yankovic. CD, yeah, and sure. um, sure, and I just thought it was so, so cool, you know, because before that, like I'd I'd make myself like mixtapes, and I'd go ride my bike around with my Walkman, and and just li- listen to listen to music. When nice. when was it? Wasn't that like 1980 when or 88? I'm sorry, when Appetite of Destruction came out. 
Yeah, it was 87, and then it, it really started taking off in 88. Gotcha. Um, with, you know, with uh, Welcome to the Jungle, of course, and then Sweet Child on the Mind, and then Paradise City. And then eight, and then 88 is when GNR Lies came out. And yeah. Boy, oh boy, that was, it was like nothing I'd ever heard before because Side A was like really rough, you know, punk rock, raw uh, GNR, and then Side B was acoustic stuff. And so that had like patience and I used to love her, but I had to kill her. And right. uh, and so I just thought like, oh my God, this is, this is amazing to me. Yeah, uh, I just can't believe that something like Appetite for Destruction is the very first Guns N' Roses album. Like, that fucking oh, yeah. album is just ridiculously awesome from front to back. Oh, yeah. It's it's one of those that you put on and then you just listen to the whole thing. And, I mean, I, I had a cassette tape, so I couldn't really skip songs anyway. But I didn't ever want to. I, I must have wore that thing out so much and then when you're young you just feel like i was i was spoiled because metallica iron maiden guns and roses like that was all good shit so i just thought like all music was good and then it wasn't until later that you know you you get you get albums and there's maybe a couple good songs on it if you're lucky right hey bro Hey, What's up? Can, can you hang your phone up, please? <laughs> I love you. They're making noises. Yes, I love you. We're doing the pod right now. We're, we're fucking. We're doing I know. Pod I was trying to be a, a part of it. With your that shit audio. Fuck you! I'm sorry, I love you. Bye. Uh, Jesus Christ! All right. Uh, yeah. So you know, I was I was so lucky because the the production. And that whole album still stands up, you know, however fucking many, 35 years later, you know. Uh, epic, dude. Well, it, it just being your friend and knowing you for this long, it's kind of funny to see how to see all uh, all of your different musical influences. And now it makes total sense because one yeah. of your favorite rappers is ODB. And then yes. also one of your favorite bands is Pearl Jam. So this yeah. all just makes total fucking sense to me that like you grew up with, you know, your brothers listening to different types of music and it just be, you you took a little bit of everything. Am I right? Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, great uh, segue. Uh, yeah. The, the Wu-Tang thing all came from my friend Dan and um, prior, like I, I knew I knew the logo more than anything because like in school, everybody was drawing that W or had that that on their backpack or something. And I'm just like, okay, that's cool. But I never really listened to the music. And then I started working at, at Costco right out of high school. And I met uh, my friend Dan, who I'm still friends with. And he would, he'd always be listening to old dirty bastard and so like anytime we'd go somewhere he'd have it on or he'd be reciting lyrics and stuff and uh i'm just like oh my god this is really good it's funny it's entertaining and then and then i had to kind of go back and uh listen to some wu-tang and i just thought this is the 
rawest, realest shit ever. Like, even though I don't know what they're talking about, but, you know, uh, to talk about comic books and weird all sorts of stuff to talk about astrology and space and science and and uh you know it wasn't about uh bitches blunts and big screens if, if you know what i'm saying and i just thought yeah. like, that was the, the the coolest thing and then old dirty bastard i think was ahead of his time and there'll never be anybody like him like a rapper no. just talking about having gonorrhea and and uh i just it was just really funny to me so when did you first discover yeah, limp biscuit oh yeah that was uh right from the jump because if you guys uh remember the the album follow the leader yeah um i got it you know day it came out and then attached to it was the sampler cd and it was i wish i still had it because it was by far the best cd ever and it was the best thing that corn ever did whose ever idea was but uh limp biscuit um was on it uh orgy nice uh i mean it was it was uh static x first time i heard them godsmack um all these new up and coming like hard rock new metal little system of a down oh, was wow. on there i mean seven does that wasn't, was that the family values record it wasn't it wasn't family values but it might okay. it was like something something like that where it's like okay corn was like hey check out all these bands that right. we like and so it was like right after that then they did the family values with with uh, Limp Biscuit, Ice Cube, and Romstein. Right. And My I think God, we, that, that's a and, legendary and, compilation. And, and, or, and Orgy was on that tour. And yeah. so my friend, who just coincidentally was, he was a huge Romstein fan. And so he's like, oh my God, Korn and Romstein are, are coming, dude, we gotta go. And so we went and it was at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum and dude tickets were probably like thirty dollars and uh it was it was just amazing to see like ice cube and fucking limp biscuit and romstein right on a all on the a tour, same you know? bill <laughs> yeah and um and so that was awesome and then you know then when limp biscuit did it with like method man and red man and stuff like uh i didn't go but i would have loved to so, I'm pretty uh, sure Lincoln Park even landed a spot on that Family Values tour as well at some point. It was yeah, uh, back later, in hybrid theory. Uh, Lincoln Park kind of did their did their own little something similar to that, and then even like Eminem, I think it was called like Anger Management. The Anger or Management tour, yeah, with like Little John, Eminem, and then there were some rock yep. bands on it too. Right. Yeah, and That's I know like a uh, Fifty Cent G Unit yeah um but but yeah god i want to say like static x was on it or something you know yeah. just some something some rock yeah. bands and stuff yeah yeah so uh right cold chamber i think doing logo yeah not just not yeah, to step that on was... any, uh toes here meat bag but so how did this all transpire into what we have today with your you're playing music you're producing music you're mixing sound you're just balls deep in music 
Uh, what what well, pulled the trigger on that? Because I I mean I love music so much, but I uh, I didn't know anybody else that that made music or played any instruments. I mean I I got a guitar uh, when I was probably like fourteen and uh started looking up tabatures and so i'd learn like nirvana songs and green day songs and stuff but never like the whole song just like the like a couple riffs here and there and right and um and then you know my guitar would just sit there and i'd pick up pick it up every once in a while and just kind of play it but i'd never like try to write any songs myself and then um years later like as software became more affordable uh and accessible um i got this this program called magic's music maker and it had like some loops in it and then uh, you could re record and uh and so like i would just m make like hip-hop songs with techno loops and house you know samples and stuff and just nothing that really went together but but I would just put it together because it all sounded cool to me. And I didn't know like anything about music theory. So I don't even know if the loops I was grabbing were in the same key. And anytime I'd make something myself, I would just, it would be in the key of C because I knew that was just the white buttons. And, um, <laughs> and I would just fiddle around. And, um, and then I had some buddies that were like, you know, in, into hip hop. And so I tried making some, rap beats but i play them for them and then they weren't really impressed so i'm like well, right. fine i'll just make my own songs and uh and so there's this girl that i worked with named alexis and i had a crush on her and so um and so i made this song about her and i like <laughs> i call i called her her cell phone when i knew she wouldn't answer and i recorded her voice message and i put that in the song and um and, and so like i just thought it was the the coolest thing and i built up enough courage and i played it for a couple friends and played it for my friend dan and he's like oh my god this is awesome i want to make a song and so i'm like cool and so like i had like a little setup and then eventually uh moved it out to my mom's garage so we could like smoke cigarettes and drink beer and stuff and me and dan or our buddy seth or whoever you know we would just uh make these silly songs and um and then that's kind of what lit the fire for me as far as like hey this is something i really want to do and i'm right kind of getting a little bit better at it so um at, and at this point i was working at costco for seven years so i kind of hit that seven year itch where i just oh, yeah. felt like I should be doing something else with my life. And so I found this school called the Conservatory of Recording Arts and Sciences and, and uh, you know, got a student loan and, and went to school. And I just figured like, oh, once I got out of school, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna move to Seattle and I'm gonna work at Studio X and I'm gonna do all this shit. And uh, unfortunately they didn't take interns and so I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. And so I actually went to the Robert Lang studio and and met with him where where Dave did his first, his first Foo Fighters record. Oh, shit. 
And so we had like a good uh, conversation and everything. And then I went back to my hotel room and I waited and I waited and I never heard back from him. And I'm like, oh, fuck, dude, he didn't like me or or it's not going to work out or they don't take interns or whatever. So I was like talking to my mom and she's like, well, Jer, if you don't hear anything by the end of the week, I think you should just come back because I was like paying for a hotel and, you know, paying for food and everything. And so she's like, right. at least you can live here and not have to pay. I'm like, all right, mom, I will. So I drove back like I just fucking went left one night and like drove through the night and then I ended up in Utah and I got a hotel and I had my stupid laptop because this is before like smartphones right so I get on my laptop and I had a fucking email from Robert Lang saying hey I'm so sorry I didn't get back to you sooner I had family in town and stuff but if you're still interested in an internship well, I'd love to have you Oh, like, wow. Oh, fuck, dude. And I, so I, I should have went back. What happened? No, I went back to Phoenix, dude. Oh, yeah. And that's where it all went downhill. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I honestly had no idea about that. I mean, I think maybe I you told me once, but now that I'm a bit older and a bit more mature, uh, yeah. I can... I can uh, my, Recepting that kind of information is mind-blowing. I mean, Robert Lang is legendary. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and, and if some people don't know, one of his uh, one of his infamous recordings was the last uh, Nirvana song recorded. Yeah. Which was, you know, I know you're I right. I learned that, too. Like, I learned that after the fact. I mean, to be honest, like, I don't even know if I talked to him. I think I might have just talked to a person. Sure. But uh, <laughs> but <laughs> at the time, I'm just like, oh, this is fucking cool, dude. And they had like Mad Season poster and shit. And I'm just like, wow, this is fucking cool, dude. I'm here. I'm doing it. And then, you know, I didn't hear anything back. And so I'm like, well, oh, well. Yeah. Well, personally, I think you've done pretty good for yourself. I mean. Oh, yeah. Uh. It, Cosmic Soup has become quite successful, and I know we haven't quite jumped into that yet, but I just gotta ask, like, so you're you're doing school and whatnot, you're you're looking to do an internship. What what kind of comes next for you? Like, what what comes to mind after you get home, and you're just kind of thinking to yourself, well, fuck. Well, actually, like I was freaking out because I thought, like, oh, great. I just paid all this money and, and I'm not going to get my internship hours and I'm not going to graduate and I'm not going to get my stupid certificates. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I was, I was kind of really nervous, you know, because I, I didn't know anything at the time. And so I got back or the, the, the whole reason I decided to come back is because while I was in Seattle, I was sending my resume out to places in Phoenix, in Scottsdale. And, uh, and so I got a, a message back from an audiovisual company. I won't say their name because I don't want to slander them because they're fucking absolute dog shit. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I get this email and I'm like, oh cool, at least it's a job that pays money and I can get my internship hours. And so, right, right. 
So I told this to my mom and she's like, I think you should come back. And so I'm like, all right, mom, I will. And, and like, you know, you gotta listen to your mom. So I, Absolutely. So, 100%. so I come back and then I let them know, Hey, I'm back. And we set up an interview and, uh, back then, like I didn't have, uh, um, I didn't have any tattoos on my arms. I just had my, my ears pierced little fucking hoop earrings. And, um, and so like I show up to the interview, you know, collared shirt on and everything. And they're asking me like weird, weird fucking questions and uh, I, that I wasn't really prepared for. And then they're like, well, you know, a lot of these events are corporate events. So you have to look nice. You have to wear a collared shirt, polo shirt and stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's fine. And they're like, and we can't have any uh, piercings or tattoos. And I'm like, that's fine. I don't care, you know, whatever, man. And so after I left, I just didn't have a good feeling about it. And so I ended up calling uh, this guy that I went to school with and he was working at this bar in in Tempe. Um, and, And so, I was just calling him just to say, Hey, I'm back in town. And, uh, he's like, Hey, there's a show, you know, tomorrow night, you should come by, have a beer. I'll introduce you to this guy, Ricardo. And so I'm like, Oh, cool. And so went there, you know, hung out, blah, blah, blah. And, and, uh, then I kind of said, Hey, I'm trying to fucking get my internship hours. I just spent a month of waiting around in Seattle and, you know, nothing happened. And, so he's like, well, uh, you could probably uh, help out here and uh, help out at Ricardo's studio and um, he'll sign your papers, I'm sure. And so I'm like, oh, that'd be awesome. And so I started just going there, you know, a couple days a week whenever there's the show, three or four nights a week and helping out. And then uh, Ricardo just added on to his house. And so he, uh, he recorded a lot of Spanish rock bands. Uh, he recorded the 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 first couple Fayuca records. Ah, um, nice. You know he's he's done a lot of stuff with like uh, uh, Mario, who's who, all these bunch of bands and stuff. And and so that kind of was my introduction to uh, some of these some of these fools. And um, Nomada, we recorded Nomada long time ago you know and uh and so and so that was that was cool and then like as i started like helping out at the bar more i uh i started getting my own nights and then uh ricardo didn't want to do it anymore he wanted to just focus on his home studio and so then i ended up doing like all the shows and then uh for anybody that uh doesn't know that's uh, where I would meet my future wife because she owned the bar and oh, nice. uh, I had I had heard uh, rumors you know because uh, guys like to talk even when we were going to school a couple of the dudes would like go there and internship and, and or intern and help out and stuff and I, I heard about this blonde girl with big boobs and so I'm like <laughs> oh that sounds cool but she was married <laughs> at the time and so, uh, and so the first couple times I met her, like I was, uh, I was really nervous and, uh, 
didn't even really talk to her much. And then after I was kind of there for, you know, probably fucking six months or so, like we actually started talking and then we were just friends. So we're, we're friends for, you know, like five years. And then uh, we, we keep in touch here and there. Her bar ended up closing. Um, and, um, and so me and her would like book, book shows out of like uh, Famous Sam's, Donna Jean's, uh, this place called uh, Exit 7. And uh, this was in the MySpace days, the early, early oh, Facebook. Shit. And so we'd be just at her house, like, you know, booking bands and like, okay, we'll do like a hard rock night. We'll do like a punk rock night. And there's this band in Glendale that no matter like how last minute it was, they'd always say yes. And that band was called Contradiction. And so uh, we send them messages and they'd be like, yeah, that's cool. And so they play like Famous Sam's or, or whatever. And sometimes it was Billy and Yvette. Sometimes uh, Josh would be, pl- be playing bass. And um, eventually, like we, I kind of got the courage up to talk to him a little bit. And I just said, hey, my buddy uh, Ricardo has this home studio. You know, I'd love to record you guys. I won't, I won't charge you my fee, but I'll whatever he charges for a room fee and they're like okay we'll let you know and then maybe a couple months down the road they hit me up and they're like yeah i think we're ready to record so we recorded uh uh half of it at uh drums drums and rhythm guitar at ricardo's and then we did bass uh and then uh guitar overdubs and vocals in my mom's garage nice so that that started a whole other journey. So, Planet so looking back, I guess if soup. I if I didn't come back from Seattle, I I wouldn't have met you guys, wouldn't have met Billy, and wouldn't have met my wife. So yeah. I guess it's all right that it was I came meant back. to be. So exactly, you're a professional now. You've got your stuff. You've got your plan. <laughs> you you've done some recording for your you know a few years, and then. You know, let's skip to the goods here. You finally yeah. got to join Squared. Now that you've been in Squared, you're you're at the end all be all. What's left? Oh, the, I'm just kidding. Me bag. You you ask the limit is question. the sky. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, okay. Here, here's I, I got a real question for you. Okay. So, because that was fucking. And a trust. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyways, there's nothing. So, there's nothing left for me to accomplish. <laughs> wait. So your very first band you ever joined in your entire life, like you have not been in a band up until this point. The very first one you joined is Contradiction. Yes. Fuck out of here. Hell yeah. Yeah. Jesus. And uh, it, and the, you the know how many is... shitty bands I had to go through before I got to Contradiction. You started in Contradiction. Like, give me a break. I know. Again, I was spoiled. Yes, I didn't know. Like, I thought all bands were that that good. Yeah, Um, at the the time, you had a a, a hot new chick with big boobs, and fucking, you got this band. It's your first band ever. Happens to be Contradiction. Like, come on. Fucking king of the world, dude. I know. Yeah, 2012 was was an interesting year for me because uh, Ricardo and I decided that we were going to get 
uh, our own facility. We're gonna we're gonna you know do do the right thing. We got our LLC. We got this place, and neither one of us knew what the fuck we we're doing. So we ended up getting kicked out. And so I was like devastated. I didn't know like if I wanted to keep recording or not. And so I was working at Hot Topic and uh, and just hating my life. And um, <laughs> then uh, then I hear a rumor that Billy and Yvette were coming back. And so Billy was, was mad at me at the time. And so then uh, he, I send him a message and I'm just like, Hey, I know you're mad at me, blah, blah, blah. But I heard you're coming back. And so he called me and he's like, yeah, I'm, yeah, we're, we're coming back. We, I got into a fight and we're getting kicked out of our apartment. I'm like, well, you know, if, if, if you aren't, if you don't hate me too much, you know, I'd love to see you. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll get together. And so then we, we, I went over to the apartment we hung out and drank of course and uh he's like well now i gotta find another bass player and i'm like oh you know like i'm sure you know a bunch and he's like well i wish you'd be in the band i'm like me like i i don't know how to play the bass and he's like dude <laughs> it's really easy you know like um all the songs are really easy. I wrote them when I was drunk and I practice them when I'm drunk. So I, when I'm drunk and at a show, I can still play them. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> and so, um, it's, it's so like, I, you know, I, like I said, I had nothing going on. I was just working at hot topic. So I wasn't doing any more live sound. I didn't have the, 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 uh, studio, the, or the plantation anymore. So I'm like, well, let's fucking do it and so i would you know i, I already had like a a base of this uh fucking squire base and that that billy ended up borrowing from me and i never got it back <laughs> but um but anyway so i had a base and so i'd go to their apartment and then he would just show me a couple songs at a time and then at the at that time Yvette just had like electronic drum set because they were living in an apartment so she would just play that. And uh, and so that kind of got me into it a little bit. And then um, they ended up moving to this house so we could actually play loud. And um, Billy was working at Radio Shack, which was right inside Metro Center when it was still open. And uh, I'd pick him up from work and then we'd go to Tim Finnegan's. And every Wednesday they would do an open mic. And so, He's like, hey, should we do this? And I'm like, okay. And so the first couple open mics, like we would just do like four songs. And I was like so nervous. I'd write the how well, like the the note that each song started on on my hand. And in between songs, I'd look at my hand. <laughs> like, oh, okay, I I do and I don't. Okay, that's D to G, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and then I'd get nervous and my palms would be sweaty and shit. And that's how I, that's how we did it. And then, so we didn't even play a real gig until the CD release show. So my first show with, with them, full band and everything was, uh, our CD release show. 
What's that for? Not uh, mishaps and relapse. Mishaps. Yeah, okay. mishaps yeah. and relapse. Had uh, I do and I don't. Just another joke. Right. Speed. Right. Yeah. Wow. All dude. the heavy hitters. Great right. Songs, great that's songs. so. That's so fucking cool, dude. Like what? That, I don't know. That's just super interesting, man. Just like being able to align yourself with somebody like Billy when you first start playing music. I mean, that's like hitting the hitting a music jackpot, you know? <laughs> that guy's oh, a yeah. songwriter. And, and, you know, like I, I, I've told the story before, but I'll, I'll say it again. Like after we recorded Sound of the Streets, uh, we kind of built like a, a, a friendship and I had some songs that I had done on my MySpace page because you could have your own mu- you could have whatever right. music on your MySpace page. And so he actually like listened to my music and he's like in his nice like Billy way of asking, he's like, oh, so uh, that song Pile Taker is it's about what I think it's about. Right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it is. He's like, so do you do that or is that just a song? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, like it's all it's a true it's it's about a a real person, my roommate at the years ago, that would always be the pile taker. And he's <laughs> like, all right, interesting, you know? And so I'm like, are you saying you want to fucking hang out? Yeah, I think so. And so <laughs> that, that became a whole other thing. And then, you know, and, 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 and I'd be like, hey, because I was always real insecure about who I could show my songs to and billy is a fucking on the mount rushmore to me you know he's got a million dollar voice and can write these songs when he was like 16 years old that just yeah that just blows my mind yeah the only the only other person i met that can do that is geo but anyways um i can't do that so i'm like hey here's uh dude you're right you're close though um, but anyway, so I'm like, oh, here's this, here's this song, you know, a couple songs that we're working on. And, and so he's like, oh, I want to, I want to get on those. And so like, I made this song about getting a DUI and then Billy got a DUI like two weeks after I did. So then he, he wrote his part while he was like in the fucking jail. And so he's like, Hey, I got my part for the DUI song. And so we would just do like these, these songs. And then. I'm like, hey, I had this idea of like just doing like a mixture of like rap, rock, you know, uh, you know, Beastie Boys, Cypress Hill, Rage Against the Machine. He's like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And then I'm like, I want to call it anything but this. And he's like, I love it. And so I'm like, all right, dude. And so I just had like some songs just written about people that I was mad at and stuff and so it started off like angry stuff like stuff he couldn't even say in like contradiction because it was like burning bibles and eating pussy like a cannibal and uh and so I'm like yeah this is that like we could talk about whatever and so we did like a bunch of songs and then he went to uh California and then when he came back I was just excited like hey we can do some more songs and so he's like well, let's let's change it up. Let's just go in like total different directions. And so and so like one song would be 
more like the Beastie Boys. Another song would be like straight up hip hop, you know, and auto tune and stuff. And and so that was that was you know really exciting. So apart from like all the contradiction stuff, then I could be like, well, hey, I've got an idea for this. And so I never tried to help them with lyrics or anything when it came to contradiction because the songs were already 99% done. Yeah, there's no he, reason to like yeah. try to you know, yeah. I don't want to say complicate, maybe that's the wrong word, but try to interfere with that songwriting process because oh, right. you got the fucking guy. <laughs> oh yeah. So, good. so it was just like do your thing and and then I'll we'll we'll I'll add the sprinkles at the end, you know. And, yeah. And, um, and so that was it. And so then we could kind of have our different outlets and then he, he would do like a solo record and, and, um, he, you know, just had, he had songs for days. And so he, he oh could do God, songs dude. with this person and this person and stuff. And so there's never a shortage of stuff for us to work on out there in the sweaty garage. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, that's cool, man. I mean, so some of these records that you're making at this time, like, you know, we're, we're talking like Sound of the Streets. I, I actually do. Let's touch on that for a second. Sound of the Streets. So, like, what are you finding your comfort zone? Or I guess uh, finding your groove, we'll say. When are you starting to find your groove and in, in recording? And uh, when are you really starting to get satisfied with some results? Like, about what? about what time and uh, like you know maybe a couple of the albums that you were working on at the time yeah because sound of the streets was like end of 2009 early 2010 mm -hmm. i want to say and um i i like done some stuff prior you know helped ricardo on some records but i never really like did anything myself and so it was kind of like made me nervous you know running the session all by myself and um and so sound of the streets one of the reasons why it's just my favorite one of my favorite records like in general is because that's the first time that i could just be like hey what if we put strings in this song what if we did this yeah. what if we did that and and for him just to be like okay let's do it let's do it and um yeah, like, cause I had never thought about like, hey, can you know, can I play guitar on this on your song or whatever? Right. Can I sing backup vocals? You know, they'd be like, shut the fuck up, no, dude, just record <laughs> this, you know. And but with him, I'd just be like, hey, what if we did this? What if we did this? And he'd just be like, okay, okay. And so there's like, like a joke around but like every song i'm doing something different on like american violence when he first recorded it there was no woes right. and i was playing it for my friend dan you know when we we're fucking drunk or whatever and i'm like hey listen this band i'm recording you know I'm, i love it man and he's like it just goes american violence on the street nothing and then he's like i feel like it should go like whoa and i'm like oh yeah that's a good idea and so then when billy came back over i'm like what if we just did some woes here and he's like nice. oh yeah okay so so wow. we did it and like 
he did it. I did it. I think I even made Dan Dan do it. And now, so then flash fast forward to, you know, before I was like even in the band and they'd play the song and then the crowd would do it. I'd be like, holy shit, this is fucking crazy. So we all, we all have Dan to thank for that. Yes. Fucking Dan. Absolutely. Dude, Uh, that's epic. That is so epic. Those, those. Yeah. It was just like one of those things where it's like, I was, I never, I never thought about songs in that way. Like I'm just listening like, how do the vocals sound? How do the guitar sound? How do the drums sound? You know, uh, right. what can I do? But I wouldn't think of like, what can we add? You know, and like, um, what's the fucking song? And then like the song "Sound of the Streets." Obviously, there's a there's violin or strings in them. That was me. That was like yeah. him, me having to watch him play it to figure out what he's playing, and then like do it because i'm like what are you playing he's like i don't know (laughs) this this five to five to three to oh okay (laughs) but uh and and then uh i still don't know what he's saying like even though like he's like two feet away from me i still have no idea what he's saying half the time um right and then uh there's one of the songs has like this wah guitar and so I played that, um, and then you know just like adding fucking sound effects and siren noises and, and stuff. Like it was just like, what else can we do? You know? Right, right, dude. The so here's here's one of the things I'm amazed by, the longevity of Cosmic Soup recording. Because here you are, Ricardo, and you are kind of starting this thing at the plantation and actually this is this i was thinking of this earlier and i wanted to say this no wonder why you're good at recording reggae and scott because you worked with ricardo <laughs> on nomada and fayuka yeah like, that makes yeah. so much sense now that's why those like not only is torn at the seam a good band but that's why those torn at the seam songs just come out flawlessly man the recordings do and the yeah mixes yeah do. that it's was really good fun, yeah yeah so so like the and and what i'm amazed by is like where you've come from and where you are now like you started at the plantation with ricardo and then you ended up taking this thing on by yourself and the weight of the responsibility gave you a little bit of anxiety a little bit of nervous and nervousness in some sessions but dude here you are and i actually rent a room at cosmic super <laughs> and i watch you pump out clients all day long so i'm taking it like here we are what 12 like almost 15 years later and I think the nervousness and the anxiety of recording may have uh, gone away a little bit because I'm watching you crank out clients daily, man. I mean, you keep yourself very busy, Jeremy. Well, I try to always just be learning and trying trying different things, learning new uh, Mm -hmm. plugins because you can always be better. Like I could always be better musician and better communicating ideas and stuff so that's what i always try to do is just never never stop learning never try to let it go get stale you know and as much times like people piss you off or you're not making as much as you want or you you're wondering why you don't have a grammy yet you know you just got to keep doing it keep grinding yeah absolutely and and i think uh I just think you're doing such a great job, man. Like I'm watching you record 
all sorts of stuff and, and we talk about it right now like we you're you, cosmic super recording is our first ever sponsor of the geo meatbag show and we talk about exactly what you do maybe not everything you can do but we talk about right. ju just about everything that you can do and what you have to offer at cosmic super recording and like dude you have people coming in doing audio books. You have you, you have a podcast. You have the Cosmic Super Recording yeah. podcast with the green screen room, and you guys are always coming up with really clever images in the background. And also, yeah. like you're recording like rock bands and hip hop and singers and and acoustic artists. Like Rachel plays guitars in there, working oh, with yeah. you a lot. And and Jane and the Jungle are coming over, and they're working with you. And those guys are a pretty high profile band in Phoenix. Oh god, yeah. Me. You know, and they and they love working with you. They love doing those live sessions with you, bro. And and honestly, like I think your personality makes it such an awesome experience. Like at Cosmic Super Recording, plugging that shit, dude. Plugging it. Uh, yeah, I because love it. like just your personality, dude. Like you're so awesome to work with. And there's no pressure well, you, when you come into Cosmic Soup and. I don't know, man. Like you're just you're laid back and you're not pushy. You're not one of those producers that are just like in my fucking ear, suggesting thing after thing after thing. Like you're just so chill and the vibe about you. Yeah, is, I mean, it's like I you want to move. You want to move the session along so it doesn't get fucking tedious. But then you also want to just kind of let let things happen. And and uh, sometimes it takes people a little bit of time to kind of work out the parts. And sometimes they can knock it out you know right away and right sometimes right. you you need to give them a little encouragement sometimes you just need to shut the fuck up and push record you know? right so. yeah and and you seem to know when uh the all the appropriate times are for all of those that you just mentioned <laughs> because you do a great job and a lot of people want to keep coming back to you so it was a uh, it was yeah. it was very much an honor getting to get up close and personal with you and kind of you know, get some new information on you. And uh, like Meatbag and I were talking yeah. about before the recording, we didn't know if we were still going to like you after this, after finding out new information on no, you. I and, wasn't uh, sure if I was going to like myself after this. I'm surprised I like him even more. Yeah I, yeah, I was just going <laughs> to say, I can honestly say I like him even more. And, uh, you know, that's why, you know, he's a goddamn Hall of Fame member, class of 2022 here on the G.O. Meatbag Show. So. Right. You're goddamn right, Gio. Yeah, the we can't forget that. At, you're goddamn right. And folks, if you guys, I just want to throw this out there real quick. We'll, we'll, we'll plug the sponsor real quick. Guys, if you want the same experience that we're talking about, if you want to hang with Jeremy, CosmicSuperRecording.com. Shoot him an email at mail at CosmicSuperRecording.com. Text at 480-331-SUB. Uh, Cosmic Soup is located in Phoenix, Arizona, right off 24th Street, Thomas, man. Like, and Jeremy God, is so got it welcome. all memorized like a yes, script. Absolutely. And, dude, it's what I do, baby. It's what I do. I know but, it's what but, you do, baby. <laughs> but it's it's just like, I don't know, man. I just really appreciate you. And thank you for doing this. And I want Anytime. everybody else to experience this, too, man. Like, Jeremy has brought a lot of joy into our lives amongst many of our friends. That is correct. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. That is correct. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, real quick, uh, another one of our sponsors here is Permanent Vacation Presents, and I have an announcement to make. Uh, Permanent Vacation Presents <laughs> is always bringing us these amazing shows, always delivering uh, amazing 
quality times to have with your family, your friends, all that. Um, this Friday, ladies and gentlemen, this motherfucking Friday, that is right. Uh, it's going to be at Timeout Lounge. Punk is back at Timeout Night Two, baby. Night Two. We got Lee DK opening up the night. We got Baja Bones, No Gimmick, Skeleton Army, and motherfucking TV tragedy. Bow, bow, bow. How did uh, you guys pull No Gimmick out of the basement and the players shut the yeah. time out? Wicked. We dusted off No Gimmick, dude. We dusted them off. So I know. I feel like Blotter Vision should be on that lineup as well. But other than that, like, what a hell of a night. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. So, all right. Doors at 7 o'clock. It's going to be $5. That's right. Five bucks at the door. Come on. What's $5 anymore, you know, besides a gallon of gas? But, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, please uh, support your locals and come out and see this show. Also, from Permanent Vacation Presents, across the street, if you're wanting to, something a little bit different, something just a little bit different, the Accident Theory is going to be doing a headlining show with our friends, the, the Rifle and Health, the Health and Rifle Club, uh, the Frequency Principle, and the Maybe Next Year's free show. Bow, bow, bow. It's going to be rad. Starts at 8 p.m. That's right. So this is June 3rd. Oh, Friday. my goodness. Both of you playing at the... At the same time, yeah. just across the street from each other. We're rivals, We're man. Back and forth. So whatever show I'm at will show who I like more. <laughs> we'll be able to bounce back and forth, I think. Gio and I have kind of been talking about Oh, it. yeah. Oh, no. I mean, I'm we're personally, going I'm going to be bouncing back and forth. Like Me too. You know? Me too, definitely. So, nope. I'm just going to one. <laughs> oh, whoever blows them first. I know. I was going to say, I almost said uh, I'm going to the band that that paid me to record them, but then they both did. So I can't say that. I can't say that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. This is, Oh, all right. Well, we love you, man. And thank you for doing this. And we love everybody listening. And stay all right, I just want to say one thing before I go. Yo, uh, fuck Rody. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Please. Yes. All right.
Jeremy on the fucking base. Cash. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Get it off your fucking chest. Let it out. What am I getting the table? Yeah, get the fucking table. I'll get the fucking table. No, no, go ahead. Get it off your fucking chest. Come on. Let it out. Get what off my chest? You know. Oh, th are we talking about are we talking about Thunder Rosa? Go ahead. Is, is that what we're is that what we're talking Just about? Get it out. Cash. That yep. God it out. fucking that god awful seg Oh my god. It, they, here's the problem. It wasn't even that it was that bad. It just went on forever and ever and ever. And the minute Tony fucking thought it was over, he started playing the goddamn music because he thought it was over. And then she starts talking again while the fucking music is playing. It's like, wrap it up, B. Wrap that shit up. It's done. It's, oh, oh my God. I just, I, I couldn't believe it. She just kept taking these long fucking pauses. It was like 15, 20, 25, 30 goddamn seconds. Then she'd stop talking, and then she'd start talking again. Shivani thought it was over. So Shivani's like, okay, yeah, Thunder Rosa. Fucking, she starts talking again. Just shut I, the I, hell up and I, wrap it up. I fucking wish you had theme music right now, because I would fucking hit it for you <laughs> and tell you, wrap, wrap it up, it the fuck up Cash. Because I want to go up, ahead and B. say, put some motherfucking respect on her name. That is Thunder Rosa. She climbed to the top from rags to riches. She is your goddamn AEW Women's Champ. Shut the fuck up, Cash. Fuck you. All right. All right. First just, of all, I just second of all, you ain't gonna fucking get me off my motherfucking cloud, cause I am going to Las Vegas, Nevada, and I am on fucking cloud nine, because I am doing the whole oh, motherfucking yeah. weekend. Rampage, Limp Biscuit, what? FOL, what? Double what? or nothing. And what? What? And what? What do I gotta deal with before I leave? Yeah, she's not perfect in English, but look at Rody, and he's got a fucking podcast. He's got his own segment on a podcast. That motherfucker can't speak English either, and he doesn't know any other languages. Sorry to bring you into this, Rody. All right. Okay. I didn't kick your dog. All right. I I just gotta say. Cash, that segment was two minutes and five seconds long. That is two minutes and five seconds. No, long. no, it, it was a hundred felt like an hour and fucking four hundred fifty-seven minutes. It, it went was one hundred and twenty-five seconds long. No, it was fucking six hours and one hundred and twenty-five seconds long. <laughs> Fuck that! Stop talking. I will say, I will, I will say this though. It was kind of awkward when she did talk after her music hit when it was time to rap. That was to me, that. like, it was, it was literally, awkward. I, I thought, like I said in the text today, I thought so differently because they hit her music and she was like, she kind of looked at the camera, but you could tell she wasn't done. So she's like, fuck it, full send. She was like, I'm going to fucking kill you was what she pretty much said. Okay? <laughs> we, should, and like, we, should, we should probably... We should probably mention that me and Meat kind of talked about it this morning, and Gio held this in for as long as he possibly oh, could. Fucking, he really did. Like, I you, was like, these guys are fucking like, idiots. Like, 
it was like a solid five to six five to six hours he held it in without saying anything and then out of nowhere fucking geo hits up the chat you motherfuckers are insane like fucking just really really well just, uh the backstory the behind that real quick is i had it typed out for the longest time and i just didn't send it so the next time i opened the chat i was like oh shit i never sent this so i just added a little more to it and sent it well, it's Why? just, you know, I, I thought it was, I thought it was, you know, it wasn't a bad promo. It's just, I thought some of it was a little hard to connect with. I'm not going to say all of it was bad. It's just some of it for me personally was a little hard to connect with, but Vegas was hot last night, dude. Yeah. They were behind her. They're ready for I'm just, the, I'm, the full I'm just week. one guy. I'm just one guy. I'm just the guy. Guy. Absolutely. I, you guys ready to get into the card? Yeah, I wanted yeah, to say the fact that we're even card. talking this much about it speaks for itself. But go ahead. Great. Okay, so we start. It, I, I'm calling it out like this every <laughs> single week because that's what it is. We're going with the hottest fucking program in professional wrestling right now. Steel Cage Match. Wardlow yes. versus the Chairman. John Spears uh, with I MJF. I thought that was going to be the main event. Guest referee. Uh, yeah, I did too. I really thought that they'd, they'd put this on the main event, but I think Tony kind of knew that it was going to be a bit more of a squash, which is pretty much what it was. Yeah. It was Maybe it was, the cage wasn't holding up very well, and they needed to set it down so they didn't have the cage match. So, like, once the cage match was done, they just tore apart the cage yeah, they and just hauled it to the there. back. Well, yeah. they didn't have to it was, worry about it, still it hanging. There. Oh, okay. It was still hanging. But um, I I did notice that they said. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> during the main event, they said the second half of our double main event. So maybe they pulled the WWE and the, you know the first match was the first main event. So hey, well, ain't nothing wrong. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, they're talking about the the tournament. Oh, the, okay. The the two main events was the female and the male, which. I mean, main event is last match. Last match being the middle. Yeah. <laughs> so that would have been the That's main not event. necessarily true, though, because Tony opened up. I kind of agree with that, o though. Omega and fucking Danielson opened up a goddamn dynamite, you know? That and they 30, had a banger. That 30-minute fucking epic that they had. Like, that was one of the best matches I've ever seen, and that opened the show. I always look at it like... I, and and it and it doesn't go like this in in music either. But I always look at it as like last band is headlining band, and that's not always it. But yeah. for me personally, I always think the last band and the last match is the fucking headliner, the main event. You know, that's what how people, I look at it. You know, threw down their money to 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 see. And traditionally, you know, that's that's how it is, especially in professional wrestling. You know, your last match is your main event. That's that's traditionally how it's always been, but I mean, Tony's kind of bucking tradition in terms of you know my best match doesn't necessarily have to be the last match of the night. You know, I mean that's what Tony's done for a couple of years now. That's like right. saying and, that's and, like and, saying any any match could be a main event just because it was good, even though like it's a good like point I, I i really think roadie's got a good point here and i and i understand both of your guys's points because um we have talked about many times on this show how tony khan books and tony books backwards sometimes and i'm not opposed to it i like it one of my favorite matches i've seen on awtv was kenny omega versus christian cage 
for the Impact title. And first open the show. The yeah. show. Open the show. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you, and, you, and, and it's the first Rampage ever. And you'd think, you know, oh, this is this is the main event. No, they're throwing that bitch on first. And it, it's just, it's backwards booking. And I see why some of the old schoolers get all pissy about it. But I like it because it's fresh and it's new and it's different. You know what I mean? And it works, yeah. clearly. It yeah. does. Some, yep. not, not always. Not always. Sometimes it doesn't work. But let's sure. get back. Let's get back into the heart of the match. I think, um, and we've said it a thousand times on here, that what AEW has done with Wardlow, just the build to get the crowd so on his fucking side over the past whatever it's been two and a half, three years, three years now, you know, to to build him up into this bona fide star because that's what he is. He's a fucking star. Yeah. And MJF oh, yeah. MJF plays his role so well in this fucking feud like you you want him to get his ass kicked and he knows that yep he 100 percent knows that you know we want to see him get his ass absolutely beat by fucking wardlow and i know geo's not the biggest fan in the world but i think even sean spears is doing his job very well in this whole ordeal yeah i think it's sorry yeah, yeah. he's not he's used to my mic being there and i'm talking with my hands he stepped it up a lot that's for sure Oh, cool. I, I love that you fucking see that because I see that too. I see personally, just even since we first had that conversation, how far he's come, you know, just in that short amount of time of being MJF's kind of right hand man. Yeah. He kind of replaced the presence, not necessarily the presence, but just that body that uh, of, of and that was Wardlow at one point. And now Wardlow's kind of on his own. And now Sean Spears is always there by MJF's side. I thought the match was fucking great i thought it was gonna go exactly how it happened um i have two like one complaint and then one like just note on it uh complaint being the chair shot how did how did you think that was going to end their heads were so close together if warlow was going to take the head shot then so would mjf so i was just like they could have did that a little better i think right just being other, one of those obvious kind of angles yeah it's like that's i can see what's about to happen and it's just in the storytelling which is fine um because again that headshot was solid yeah right well and then low, the uh, note was oh no yeah go ahead. he threw that security guard and he disappeared i don't know what happened to him we need to get a where, where's the security guard shirt <laughs> we get an update on the security file, file, yeah. a, file of fucking missing persons and shit like yeah, yeah he he disappeared oh it was good <laughs> but yeah, well was uh fun. wardlow uh wardlow picks up the win um it is officially and we already knew it but it, it's officially now Wardlow versus right. MJF at a, a double or nothing. So I'm looking forward to that match on Sunday. As far as I know, I think it's one of the last matches on the night. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think it's like one of the last two matches. The head, you know, the headliners obviously the next segment that we have coming up, and then I think Wardlow and MJF is right before that. What's Pretty the, sure that's uh, the, what type of match is it? Just, I think it's just a, just match. a match. I don't think oh, they, I don't think there's any know. like any any stipulation with it or anything so like that. Was, I think it's just a match. We were uh, a little tidbit from our boy Nick because he said he wants to drop some news for the for the show to uh, to put out there for everybody. A uh, little tidbit that there, there's a rumor right now that the term "pig" that Wardlow keeps getting called by MJF is actually getting worked into something 
possibly Wardlow having War Pigs by Black Sabbath as his uh oh, as his dude, intro. That'd be so fucking dope. Sick. And he that does, would make a lot of sense because he, he hasn't had music. He hasn't had music right. for the longest time. So if he comes out at double or nothing with fucking War Pigs, holy shit. So what's right? he what's he gonna he's not gonna start it all slow like the well, I'm like, Hey, who, who, who knows who does, while he's walking you, to the you ring. probably can answer this cash. Who does uh who does a cover of that? It's like an updated version of that song. I can't remember. It I came out a few it, years ago, right? I think it's as they lay dying. Um, no, they did Judas Priest. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, right. They did Electric Wizard. Fucking Electric um, Eye. Oh, Electric Wizard. Who does Electric Wizard? That's a different song. Yeah, Electric Eye. Um, if I had if I had my phone, I'd Google it real quick. But anyways, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. So, but uh, so like maybe like an updated version. I know there's like more modern version of it, or even the Black Sabbath version. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but as I said before, you know, we were talking about the, it's one of the last two matches of the night, but that leads us right into our main event. Faith No um, More. Is it Faith No More? Yeah, there's, sure? there's a Black maybe, Sabbath, maybe they just did it. Faith No More, Cake, and that's all I got. I don't, nice. I don't understand it's why probably... Cake did it, but that's weird. But yeah, Faith, that's no more weird. Fucking, <laughs> Faith No More fucking rips, dude, so like that yeah, makes sense to me. Um, we got the CM Punk Hangman Page face to face tonight. Um, the last night, I should see. Yeah, it's you know, I, I, I'll tell you what, the promo work wasn't that bad. It wasn't. Um, but I think I mentioned it last night that what 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 it failed to do for me was just the implications didn't make sense. You know, that was the that was the real issue that I had with it because Page seemed really really pissed off, um, and. They, they haven't exactly built up or explained why Paige is so pissed off. Um, you know, if you look back over the last four or five weeks, we really haven't got much of an explanation of why he's mad. They are alluding to something. Um, there's I, something I agree. I was going to say this. There's something like some sort of mystery or something that they're not uh, bringing to surface, basically. They, they're like, you see Hangman talk about... Um, I forget exactly what they're saying, but like they just didn't say it out loud that there's something else going on between them, the between the two, and like he's basically you know saying that he's gonna save AEW from uh, CM Punk. Um, I wonder if we're gonna see something at Rampage that's gonna just all make it make sense, because um, yeah, it just seems like they're being really mysterious about something. Also, I, uh, I'm getting more and more stoked about this match just because of the match. Like, oh, I know, yeah. I know yeah, that the buildup hasn't been, like, holy fuck amazing, like, but like we talked about before on the episode, like, this could be just the start of a very long feud between the two of them. Um, we could see a heel turn from Hangman. We could see a full-blown heel turn from Punk. Um, who knows? But um, I think the actual match itself... Hangman versus CM Punk is just holy fuck status. Like, it's gonna be great. If you look back, you know, in the annals of fucking CM Punk's career, uh -huh. you know, I mean, especially the WWE stuff, you know, his whole thing was kind of him being the master manipulator. You know, I mean, that was always kind of his deal whenever he was a heel. Um, you know, but it's it's not I, I don't know if they're gonna go that it's possible they could totally have him turn heel on sunday 
which yeah. would make a shitload of sense. You know, I could see that that's, coming. That's something that I brought up on the show not too long ago. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought that, like, maybe Hangman would turn heel, but now I'm looking at, like, CM Punk turning heel. And that could work, too, you know yeah. what I mean? But but it would still kind of just, would that kill the momentum of Hangman Page too much? Or would that, or if he gets the title, you will want to see him regain it. You know what I mean? Maybe you can get behind, uh, he can get some momentum behind that. I don't know exactly which way it would go. But I kind of like what Gio was saying. They're, they've got, there's, there's some type of trick up the sleeve of this angle right here. There's something... There's some rabbit they're going to pull out of a fucking hat and make everyone go, ooh, you know what I mean? To kind of spice things up a bit, I think. To up the intensity, bitch. Tony did say that he has some surprises for Sunday, but he's not really, he hasn't really explained. (laughs) He hasn't really explained what what those surprises are necessarily. But I kind of expect Tony to have surprises with every pay-per-view. Yeah. It's kind of... It's something he's been doing. That guy has surprises on every episode, all right? It's, it's something be that he's been doing for three Dude. years now, like, is, you know, surprises. Yeah. So like the, like the surprise we got, like, I, I don't mean to jump too far ahead, but, like, the surprise we got last night on Dynamite. Like, fucking Jeff Cobb shows up. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? We haven't seen him on AWTV since uh, he he was one of Jericho's uh, hired hitmen. Yeah. It's been a couple years. Yeah, it's been a couple years. Well, um, I, I think we're all looking forward to that match. I mean, obviously, that's Very one much. of the matches I'm looking forward to the most that night. And obviously, it's the main event, so we're going to get something. There will be something will happen that will, you know, just solidify what's what's going on with this story. Uh, yes, but moving sir. on, uh, we've got Private Party versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Um, which honestly, I just expected a straight up squash. I thought they were just going to beat the shit out of them and the match was going to be over. This was actually, you know, I mean, it was a lot of solid back and forth in this match. Um, they tried they to hit Mox with the fucking, uh, what's that move called? They're, they're, they're little, they tried to hit Mox with the gin and juice and Mox said, ah, ah. not that bullshit. Um, that bullshit. Did, did, uh, Eddie Kingston and the other guys join fucking the combat club yeah no no okay no. they're just they're just teaming up just this one time for the anarchy and the like, who knows i mean mox moxley and kingston have teamed up before so many different times that it's just not it's not a bad like it doesn't put a bad taste in people's mouth for them to be in thrown in a tag team because i mean right but, now you got yuda in japan you've got I think Danielson might be fucking hurt, to tell you the truth, because um, they were working real very light good. on him. He, yeah, he looked he looked uh, like he was limping a lot last night. Oh, that sucks. I mean, he could be selling, but yeah, I mean, he could also be hurt. And then, um, but yeah, I mean, just to see them, you know, temporarily team up is not. I don't think no, that, I, just, I don't think I we're getting uh, yeah like the Santana Ortiz and Kingston joining the Combat Club. No, no, I don't. I don't think that's that's happening in any capacity. I think right now they're just interests align, so they're kind of working together. I don't know. Right. Moxley seems like he's. I mean, obviously he's in Blackpool Combat Club, but he seems the most like reluctant as far as the back and forth infighting and all this shit. You know, I mean, even like what was it? The segment from last week. He just kind kind of trying to break it up. Like, all right, dude, fucking, you guys stop. Yeah. Really fucking fight. 
But I think it's kind of, you know, alluding to Eddie Kingston versus Danielson at some point, you know, which would, it would make sense, you know, to do and, that and, match. And they, and, you know, I, I think that if you were to ask, like, everybody in the Blackpool Combat Club, if they're happy with their roles in the company right now and exactly what they're doing, I think, I think everybody would give you a thumbs up. It seems like that's a really cool thing that they got going on there with uh, William Regal and, you know, Danielson and Yuta and Moxley. Like, it's just, it's really fucking cool, man. It's just this really cool thing. And I know AW has a ton of factions, but it's a faction that works. And it's a really fresh, cool idea. Right. In my opinion. I think down the line, they'll they'll break off. You know, somebody will fucking sure. turn on. Somebody will turn on. <laughs> yeah. the, it'll, it'll be Danielson. I, Danielson's the most obvious choice in my mind. I don't I mean, know. Mox is due for a fucking fat heel turn, bro. Every time he goes for a heel turn, he gets fucked out of it, whether it's injury or fucking a bad angle in WWE, like his last stint there, you know. He's never and he's never gotten a proper heel turn on mainstream fucking wrestling. It's never happened, and that's that's kind of amazing to me that it's never happened. John yeah. Moxley was kind of known for his heel work back on the indies, but he never got a proper heel turn in WWE and he still hasn't gotten one in AEW. So yeah, I'm, I, I can see it happening down the line. Mox rules, man. I think that since he's gotten sober, he just, like, he looks like, and it feels like this guy is firing on all cylinders right now. Yeah. And his promo work, his in-ring work, and everything he's got going on just seems to be kicking ass, dude. From somebody that personally completely quit drinking, uh, I can completely respect and what props I to you, too, dude. Thanks. I, that's not what I'm looking for here, though. I'm, I just I want to I, I want to make a point that, like, I know what it's like to have to, you know, obviously not on his level whatsoever, but I know what it's like to have to perform after quitting the drinking. And for me, at least, it took a while for me to find like my personality again without drinking. Like, I kind of was in a weird, dull kind of you know state of mind for a few months before i could really just get back out into public and kind of be myself again without yeah drinking so for for moxley to take the time that he did and turn his shit around and come back and be performing still at the level that he's performing at i'm just nothing but proud of him so oh yeah congrats yeah, nothing to Mox but the, and uh yeah nothing Dude, but and, the, and and most and and Dude, I know we're talking about Mox, but congrats to you too. And even the roadie, man. Like roadies, it's been a long time since either one of you guys have had a drink. And I recently have jumped on that wagon with you guys too. I told myself the last drink I'm gonna have is on my birthday and I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be done for a while. I'm just gonna kinda not drink and just focus on whatever. I don't know. I'm gonna try to find myself without booze. So Yeah. Good for you guys. That's nice. I'll have a beer. I'll, I'll have a beer for you guys. <laughs> hey, but uh, we all we all smoke pot, so like you know what I mean. I, I we're smoke not a like lot completely fucking yeah. sober, but yeah, you know. Anyway, all people right. People always well, say, "Hey, man, you're sober," and I'm like, "No, dude, I'm high as shit right now." <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Well, uh, yeah, I'm that was that was a, a a nice dub that you seen there by the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, and yeah, I think we're all kind of looking forward to Anarchy in the Arena. I think it's going to be a good match. Um, yes. That's that's the kind of show stealing match that Jericho's kind of been become known for as far as right. double or nothing goes. It's all you know, it's always something fucking crazy. So I'm I'm looking forward to Anarchy in the Arena. 
Dude, I guarantee you Jericho's the one that came up with the idea where he brings up the stadium stampede thing and he's the one that came up with Mox's line where he says, we're not going to do that bullshit this year. I Like, Jericho's so smart, I bet you he's the one that came up with that shit. Sounds I'm not like, discrediting right. Mox. Mox is the fucking genius, but Jericho's probably trying to really thicken the plot of this thing. You know, it's kind of... A lot of these matches for Double or Nothing are kind of... Not a lot of them, but there's a few of them that don't really have a big build. Like this, for example. There's not, like, this huge long-term six- to nine-month fucking build for this big Anarchy in the Arena match, you know? It's, uh... It's... It, <clears throat> I don't know. I just think that Jericho's really good at uh, storytelling, I guess is what my point yeah. is. Um, Geo, during this match, um, you, you're gonna need to find yourself to be the first level floor in the arena somewhere because you know that shit's gonna go out there. Moxie's a guy that fucking fights in the fans. Oh, I know. So I'm gonna have to make I'm my gonna... way down there for sure. Yeah, like, Mark, that that would be a down there and fucking or go out by the like the merch shit or whatever yeah so they make yeah. their way through the, the arena well you know where the fucking hard cam is dude they always try to fucking have like the hard cam visible yeah. in that yep. you know I'm gonna stuff. have my fucking Jeff Hardy armbands on there you go oh that's my thong sorry that's my strap on <laughs> yeah, that's underwear I got them somewhere but yeah I got Jeff Hardy armbands I'm, I'm, I'm gonna wear those bitches they match my hair anyways but well, mo yeah, moving on, we get a Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship match. Uh, Rapongi Vice versus FTR. Good match. Very, very good, good match. match. Um, I didn't love the ending, but I understood what they were doing. You know, I, I, I understand the the point of the end of that match. I, th I thought it was very good. Um, but uh, we get a... Are you talking about the table spot? Just, just, yeah, just, yeah, the table spot was weird, but that's not exactly no, what it's I'm not, pointing. Well, okay. No, no, no. I mean, it's, it was, it was a little weird. It was a great match that kind of had a almost WWE-esque fucking ending. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of, you know, was my thinking with the end of that match. But we got our first build towards uh, Forbidden Door. You know, this was, this was the first real thing that they've done to kind of start to build that, you know, that pay-per-view because that pay-per-view is coming up in a, July, a month. Right? Um, no, it's next month. What? June, what? June 27th. That June 20th. Forbidden yeah. Door? Forbi Forbidden Door is a month from now. Shit, dude. Okay. So we're going to start getting some serious build for that pay-per-view, which obviously we're buying that one too. And you guys will come over for that one and fucking, you know, I'm not missing Forbidden Door. No fucking yeah. way. No, we're not. Um, we're not. But we got the first uh, first little crossover. Watch a lot. Um, Jeff, Jeff, yeah. Well, we could. Yeah, Jeff Cobb and uh, Great O'Conn came out and uh, pretty much cleaned out the fucking house. That table spot was weird. Sloppy but... style, but they did it. Yeah. Dude, yeah, it, was, it was fucking dope to see Jeff Cobb again, man. I fucking yeah, it was, love uh, this guy, dude. It, those guys are known as uh, United Empire in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. So mm -hmm. it, was, it was good to see Jeff Cobb back after a couple of years. Um... But they are New Japan, so this was the first like first build that we're getting towards you know that New Japan AEW. You're crossover. dealing with the ROH titles, couple of New Japan guys, couple of fucking ROH guys on AEW TV. I'm telling you, the Forbidden Door, eat my ass. We ripped it off the fucking hinges. <laughs> eat my asshole. 
Can you fucking believe that at some point in the next month we're going to get Bullet Club on AEW television? It's going to happen. Nice. It's going to fucking happen. Yeah, I'm 1000% okay. right, Bullet so, Club is showing up. Since we're here, this is kind of where I wanted to Im Im implant my uh, my Kenny Omega theory. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. if he doesn't return um, at Forbidden Door, um, I have a pretty, pretty dark feeling about something. I think he might actually come back and retire. Wow. I, I really? don't think, yeah, I don't think his injuries are healing uh, the way that they need to be. I think he might be pretty fucked up for wrestling hurt for too long. And if he doesn't show back up at either Double or Nothing or Forbidden Door, then I I feel like he might actually fucking have to show up on Dynamite and retire. But I, I it's just a gloomy I'm not, feeling that I've had. Fuck you, Gio. I, I, I'm, yeah, fuck you, Gio. Dude, I'm not I'm not gonna <laughs> way to bring the fucking room down. Gio. Yeah, Jesus Christ, you just killed every boner in this fucking pod. Like good well, God, I had one. I'm Whoa. glad. Actually, because <laughs> I, I did not have a boner. I didn't. Uh, I no, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say it's, it's a little, it's a little far fetched. Would, would it be out of the realm of possibility? No, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. But and by, I by all means, I don't want it to happen whatsoever. Yeah, I, I just, well, I, I don't have a weird feeling. Because I don't been really quiet. Yeah, I don't sure. anticipate that Kenny Omega. I I don't personally anticipate that he's going to retire. Would it shock me? A little, yeah. It'd be a little. It'd be a little shocking. But uh, yeah, say hi to my wife. <laughs> it would be a little, a little shocking. But uh, but um, God, I can't. I'm losing my train of think here, babe. Um, it'd be a little shocking, but you know, I I I don't think it's going to happen. I hey, when a babe walks past me, I lose my train of babe too, dude. Yeah, I lost I my train it. of think, man. My train of think. Or your train uh, of think. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, fun, we're dude. Yeah, we got our first build, and that's you know Forbidden Door, fucking New Japan versus uh, AEW, and that that is I'm looking forward to that more than Double or Nothing, personally. Yes, I, sir. I'm really looking forward to that pay per view. Uh, next up, we got my favorite match of the night. For sure, my favorite match of the night. Three-way dance. Jungle Boy versus, Swer versus, versus Swerve Strickland versus Ricky Starks. Yeah, dude, great fucking match. I am, uh, dude, whose house? Fucking Swerve's house. Swerve's house. house. Yep. God damn it. This dude is a fucking machine. So I feel like it, it kind of reminds me of Rob Van Dam when he kind of bursts on the yes! scene. And WWE, after you know his, his famous ECW run, he kind of got yeah. more famous in WWE, and it was he like did. he was onto some innovative shit. Like, holy fuck, you don't see anybody doing these like crazy flips, and and just the way he moves around the ring is so efficient, yet it looks so cool and so crazy. Like you just see him rolling around or flipping over, and and like it just totally reminds me of like some innovative shit like that RVD used to do. That's why he sticks yeah. out so well. Bro, Jungle Boy hit a poison Rana on him and he landed on his fucking feet. Yeah. And the and Jungle Boy's getting so good too, especially with his facials. He fucking had a perfect facial. He just looked like 
what the fuck are you? Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it just happened. Like, shock on his face. Like, that, I was like, holy shit. Yep. Swerve is is special, dude. He's fucking, he is special. And I really. I'm really behind him right now. Yeah, I, I hope they do something really significant with him down the line. Whether that be, you know, I'm I'm happy if he's TNT champion. To be honest, like I mean, even if he wins what 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 we would technically consider their mid card or mid tier belt. Yeah. I mean, even if he walked away with that, I'd be happy. But I'm anticipating that him and Keith Lee are going to become tag team champions. That's that's my, I'm calling that right now. That's my thought, is that they'll end up tag team champions. Wouldn't be a bad plan. No. I see that. I see that. But it was um, it was a good match. There was a lot of good shit. Uh, you know, Luchasaurus comes out. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs came out first. Um, then Luchasaurus comes out. Then Keith Lee <sighs> comes out. And it kind of... <sighs> he was just... He was, hold, he was holding that, <laughs> that claw up whenever they're having that three-way stare down. Just, <sighs> it's like, oh, my God, yeah. dude. Like... He makes me hate him more every week, and I I, I don't like that feeling because I really, really liked Luchasaurus when all this shit started. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I am looking forward to the match. I think the match itself is going to be really great. I think that, uh, you know, for the tag team championships. I like 2019 Luchasaurus. He was fucking cool. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Samesies. Well, moving Um, on. Go, real oh, quick, go, go, go ahead, I, real quick, I just gotta add one thing. Ricky Starks is fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> Fuck you, Geo. Ricky Starks rules. <laughs> I was like, no, uh, let's move on. <laughs> we get, um, <laughs> we oh. get a uh, a. I can't wait till we get could like record video. We're gonna get that soon. I'm I'm sure we are at least by the end. That's our goal by like this at the end of this year is to like be able to get some video clips out because like that shit's, it's like we all talk with our hands and like it's just perfect. Like Gio's nobody can me, see it. it. Yeah, nobody roll, knows what the fuck roll, is going dude, on. Roll, and we're all just standing there staring at him like what the. Fuck I, I do shit to visually pop you guys each week and every week. And, yeah. yeah, every single so week. Like, and, and I know we're not even on video. I just do it. I even got my shit set up all neat so for you, just you guys to look at every week. I know, right? Me too. I got our banner in the background. Hell yeah! I got to sit to the side though, so we. Can... I got a Anyways, Lord of the Rings poster. We uh we cut cool. to uh to a backstage <laughs> promo from the Hardy Boys, um which I I I loved it. I I really did. That was uh promo wise, that was you know that was gold. That was exactly it was exactly what you needed it to be. Did you see the Hardy Boys on uh, BTE this week? No, I haven't watched it. it. I haven't watched BT in like two months. Matt, Matt, Matt's like, you know why I waited? (laughs) Or you know why I didn't get involved in your match the other day? Because you decided to fucking juke when you were on your way to (laughs) save me from getting beat up by the (laughs) AM. You decided to stop and hardy dance for a minute. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It's fucking hilarious, dude. Matt's but on it was fire right now. Dude. Yeah, so Matt, 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 up, cut, Matt, and Jeff both cut a hell of a promo. They bolted. There was some good promo work there, and it did exactly yeah. what we needed it to do. You built towards the match with the Young Bucks, which is gonna. God, I'm so stoked for this fucking match, we, dude. And it's happened before, but this is different. This is mainstream. Well, they they kind of made it this seem a, like in the promo that it was they're gonna be their be. first match, and it was like it's not. Come it's on, not. guys! Like we all know, but. 
I, I mean, it is yeah. of this caliber. It's their first match on this yeah, big this of a stage. It's just so. a big pay-per-view event, guys. This yeah. is a huge, huge level. This ain't and a it's, fucking yeah, it's, it's, basketball gymnasium in high is it, school. Yeah, this isn't 25 people watching in a bar. It's to- well, exactly, and it's, it's totally different because the last time they faced off, the Young Bucks weren't the Young Bucks yet. They were. They were the Young Bucks in name, but they weren't, you know. They were young. They were Shut generation up, me. The Bucks of youth. The yeah, Bucks they, of youth. They weren't like one of the biggest fucking tag teams on the face of the earth at that point in time. You know, this is different. This is two now legend. I mean, Hardys were already legends, but the Young Bucks as well. But this is two legendary tag teams. The Young Bucks have made it clear that so much of what they do came from the Hardy Boys because they were diehard Hardy fans. It was their favorite tag team growing up. Yep. So you get the Young Bucks versus the Hardy Boys, and that has the potential to steal the show. It really does. If it if it is done the way that I think we're, we're expecting it to go, it, it's, it could very well steal the show. We could be walking out of there going, this was the best match of the night by far. It was the best match. Bucks of Youth! I knew you'd come. We get a an Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament semifinal. Uh, Tony Storm versus Britt Baker, which I thought was a great match. I enjoyed the crap out of it. I really did. I thought it was very, very good. Yeah, I really thought Hater was gonna uh, uh, was gonna like like start this like because we know that that tension between Hater and Baker is boiling. But yeah. I thought that was going to be like, oh, shit, she's really going to fuck her out of this match. But nope, she actually was there to create a division so Britt Baker can hit her with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. The surprise victory roll-up? Yeah, yep, sir. <laughs> Brody? Right, Brody. So, so you got Britt Baker and Adam Cole. You think they're gonna? You think they're gonna be the the, the the champions, the winners of this, or do you think Adam Cole's gonna come up short? <laughs> no, no. God shit, Brody made it funny, dude. Oh man, they uh, made him funny, dude. Personally, job, I don't. I don't think Samoa Joe wins the tournament. I think Cole's gonna I hope win. So. I think Cole's gonna yeah, get think- that win. I think Fuck, so dude! Too. They're both, dude. They're both deserving. Like Samoa Joe, yeah. for sure, deserve. Like with with the longer career than Adam Car- Adam Carolla, with the longer <laughs> career than Adam Cole, uh, I think it should go to Joe, honestly. Um, but that's Adam, exactly Adam Cole is a like a like a more current modern name. But Samoa Joe has just been there, done that for so long, and it just someone something like an Owen Hart fucking tournament. I, I don't know, man. It's 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 a tough, it's a, it's it's tough. But I I think Samoa Joe is just like an ounce more deserving than fucking, you know, Adam Carolla. Yeah, I, I I'd have to agree with Gio on that. I think since we all know Joe's like been doing this for such a long time, he's definitely considered a veteran, uh, and he's probably on the back nine for sure. Yeah. And uh, and I think that uh, something like this. It's just fucking you fucking idiots. Something like this is will really submit Samoa Joe's legacy in professional wrestling. Agreed. I, but the reason that you guys say that is exactly why I think Cole picks up the win. 
because <laughs> Joe because Joe has been around for so long and he's a 20-year vet and all that stuff, I think he gives the rub to the younger guy. That's per Gio's that's my so personal bad at opinion. That answer. He's hard weighing himself right that's now. That's exactly <laughs> why I think he picks up the W. Well, I I don't know cuz Cole has longer left, you know, uh, you know, hopefully to uh to win it at another time. Whereas Samoa Think about Joe, exactly. Joe, Samoa Joe might not have the next year's chance. Samoa Think Joe about might the, not the, be in wrestling by next year. I take the I take the Jericho stance with that. Jericho says at a certain point in his career, it got to be about him putting over the younger guy. Yeah, and I think that 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 philosophy applies here. You know, so I can. I think Cole gets the win. Hundred percent. I think first Cole gets ever the win. first ever Owen Hart tournament winner Samoa Joe. Joe. I think Joe to help submit the legacy of Samoa Joe since I know. I for think sure you pieces of shit can all go to hell. That's what I think. Three to one. Fuck you. You're wrong. Suck it. Yeah. Fuck all of you. What Anywho. is this? A disagreement? Fuck that. All right. So disagreements. We all agree then, Samoa Joe. No, yeah. we do not. <laughs> well, I edit mind. this podcast, so yes, we do. Samoa Joe wins the tournament. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> We get a backstage segment with uh, Red Velvet and Ruby Soho. Did any of you guys watch that? Because I didn't watch it. Just, I uh, did. Red Velvet actually did a good promo. Yeah. Uh, Ruby, uh, she handed Ruby some book of Chris Statlander's. Uh, she's been Who? taking notes on Statlander. So. <laughs> like a cape? Yeah. Yeah, who the hell is Ruby <laughs> Soho? <laughs> Yeah. What? I don't know who any Who's of those Ruby dudes Soho? are. Ruby Soho? Fucking, we, we haven't seen Ruby <laughs> Soho on TV. <laughs> oh, that's what you meant. I thought you were like, I was like, did I say something wrong? No, I just meant I don't know who those dudes are that you're just talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, anyways, let's move fuck. forward. Uh, we get, god damn it. We get a Owen Hart Foundation men's tournament semifinals. Samoa Joe versus Kyle O'Reilly. Physical, oh, physical, physical, fucking what a match. fucking delightful match. They beat the living shit out of this one another. Great match. Like that. Oh my god. Like yeah, it was it was fantastic. I, we've talked about it before. How when it when you kind of have a like you know who's gonna win, but then you start to have a doubt. That happened. That happened last night because I was like, okay, oh, of course time. Samoa Joe, you know, is yeah. going for it. And then I was like, are they? Man, Kyle O'Reilly's kind of, you know, getting in some shots. Are they really going to do this? Kyle right. O'Reilly versus Adam Cole for the Owen. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, once Samoa Joe submitted his fucking submission, it, w it was done. And uh, I think, it, it, sorry to, you know, if, if you were, anybody was planning on covering the finish, but holy shit, no, no. man. I, I was legitimately like, which way is it going to go? Yeah, that that's exact, dude. Once we hit that finish, dude, I was just sinking in my seat because of the face, just the facials of Kyle O'Reilly. Like the dude was fucking foaming at <laughs> the mouth. And it was a good way for O'Reilly to go out too. That he he literally passed out instead of fucking tapping. And you know that that Tony did that by design. Yeah. That was 100% yeah. by design well, because they, he didn't want to. They've kind of used that a lot in AEW, but they use it correctly, so I ain't mad yeah. at it. He and doesn't want to make his guys look weak. 
but and it I definitely seems like they use it in the right spots. And I didn't mean to uh, to devalue what you just said there, Meatbag, with that little joke. But yes, the, the visuals were great with the foam coming out of the mouth. That like, holy shit, selling facials. So Look for that gory shit, dog. Facials. <laughs> yeah, them facials. But yeah, facials. Like the, dude look like, like the dude looks like his eyeballs are about to fucking burst out of the sockets, you know? Like, I live for the gory shit, dude. That's why I like John Moxley so goddamn much. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, alright, so Samoa Joe wins and advances to the finals of the motherfucking Owen Hart tournament, uh, which we are going to see, I am going to see live in person at double or nothing. Um, I'm going to try to do my best. Uh, job at providing as much content as I can from that weekend on our page, YouTube, Facebook, all of that. I'm going to be trying to score interviews with whoever the fuck I can and just making shit happen. That's right. The Geo and Meatbag show pages are at Geo and Meatbag everywhere. Twitter, we got Facebook, we got YouTube, we got fucking Instagram, which is... Uh... Which is where you can possibly see some of this cool shit. Uh, follow Geo's uh, Geo's uh, trip. You know what I mean? He's got a fun fucking AW trip coming up this weekend. Oh yeah, you lucky motherfucker! And special thanks to our good friend Nick of Batteringham for scoring me those motherfucking Limp Biscuit tiskets, dude. I was what? so fucking what? stoked. Like holy I, shit, a motherfucker fuck. came through. And I love you forever. I owe you a thousand BJs. Yeah, I was gonna say you owe him at least a thousand BJs. Yeah, yep. make it a thousand and one. A thousand and one. Oh, the man of a thousand and one it. BJs. So, uh, <laughs> folks, <laughs> folks, uh, follow my journey this weekend in Vegas. I'm gonna be a dirty little whore and try to get as much content as I can for all of you. Thank you so much Fucking for listening. Better. To this segment of our podcast here on episode number 127 of the Geo and Meatbag Show. And uh, I believe we got some motherfucking shit we got to get into here soon. Word from our, you know, friends or sponsors here soon. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Jeremy and Guyver, and you're listening to the Geo and Meatbag Show. Whether you're looking for any audio, editing, mixing, mastering, or you'd like to record your own podcast, please go to CosmicSuperCording.com or visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash CosmicSoupAZ. And be sure to check out the Cosmic Super Recording Podcast every Sunday at noon, live. It's Natty, and I want you to stop what you're doing. Yes, you. And go and check out my podcast, Naughty by Natty. I read, share, and explain stories that are sexual, forbidden, fact, fiction, good, bad, ugly, naughty, nice, not so nice, and so much more. I also interview amazing people with amazing stories to tell. If you would like to be a guest on my podcast or submit yours, your brother, uncle, cousin, aunt, sister, whoever's music, 
You can email me at naughtybynatty at gmail.com and you can hear it here. So, what are you waiting for? All right. Welcome, everybody, to an exciting edition. A, um, I'm going to call this one, I don't care. It's a Star Wars heavy edition of Nerdy News yeah. with Cash. Yeah, and I me. mean, it's, it, you, you know, we, we kind of talked about it a, a couple of days ago, but we the, the consensus for both of us is that, you know, let's start doing some more topical things as opposed to, you know, spending... 20, 30 minutes going over the seven, eight, nine damn things that have happened this week. Some of them are really good, and some of them nobody's going to give a crap about. So, Accurate. yeah, this, this <laughs> I think this episode's going to be just a little more Star Wars heavy than we normally do. Plus, I want to talk about something that I recently got back into. Uh, so there's, uh, there's that. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I told you recently, Road, that I I was getting pretty heavy back into back into comic books because I mean I kind of fell off with with the genre maybe ten years ago. I think I I think that's that's about right. Um, it was about ten years ago, but yeah, recently I just got a wild hair up my ass to just start picking up books again. A lot of crossovers, uh, shit ton of crossovers. crossovers. Yeah, stuff that you know. I mean, there you get you get the main stories, which the main stories are always fantastic. But I mean, the big problem with you know series like ongoing series is that it's really hard to just jump in out of nowhere, like and know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. So I like those those limited series that you know it's it's a fucking you know eight nine ten fucking books like and then it's then it's over and then they continue with the main story. So yeah, man, I bought a bunch of shit. Um, uh, probably one of the best books I've ever read. Hit me with uh, it. Was was Batman: The Last Night on Earth? It's uh, that is one of the be- one of the best comic books I've ever read. I mean, legitimately. So the the, the general story is that Batman um, is trying to solve this crime. He's been it's been ongoing for the better part of a year uh, that he's been trying to solve. Um, you know this this upcoming crime. So basically, what happens is is that he finally gets to the point that he's figuring it out. A bomb explodes, and Batman has been well. They they kind of allude to it, but Batman's been in a coma for 20 years, and in that stretch of time, the world has basically ended. It's it just it fucking ended. So the the title. Last night on Earth just alludes to the fact that the world has been pretty much over and Bruce Wayne has been gone for the entirety of that time. Um, you get a shit. Superman was killed in the midst <laughs> in the midst of all this. Like it's it's fucking Fuck, wild. Fuck Superman. That his <laughs> his companion throughout these stories is a Joker whose fucking head has been removed from his body, but somehow Joker is still animated. I mean, he's he's basically the comedic foil to Batman. Like he, you know, he has no body anymore, and Batman's just kind of carrying him around everywhere. So Joker just kind of spends the majority of the book like cracking jokes. Like that's the whole thing. Like that's it's it's fun. really that's good. Funny. 
the story's fucking amazing. It's got some legitimate twists and turns that I, I really didn't expect. You know, things that I, I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, are you kidding me? Like, there was some legit shit in this book that was like that. But I, I got, I don't know, man. I got, like, over the course of the last four to four or five days, I ended up buying probably 20 books. And I, I, <laughs> I mean, they were all on sale on Amazon. So, yeah, I got about 20 books. But, you know, I got a... Um, the crowning jewel came in the fucking mail today. I got a uh, uh, books one and two of the Spawn fucking compendium, which is all the original comics, all kind of. I mean, I think there's going to be like four or five in total, but so far the only ones they've released are the first two books in the compendium. But they're both 1,200 pages long. Jesus. About 1,200 pages. So, and it's all the original Spawn comics from when um, Todd McFarlane was originally doing it and he left the book for a while and he came back in, I think, like the late, early 2000s, or late 2000s, early 2010s is when uh, uh, Todd McFarlane came back. But yeah, the compendium, it just it collects <laughs> all of the classic Spawn comics, which honestly, I, I, to this day, those books still hold up in terms of just quality just oh my god like that is still even now some of the best artwork i've ever seen in a fucking comic book is is spawn oh um absolutely there's there's a handful of books that really just you know really fucking stand toe to toe with what they were able to do with spawn and it's it's an incredible story you know the story is fucking amazing um you know spawn fucking trying to get revenge for his death and then Heaven doesn't want him, and hell doesn't want him, and all this. It's just, it's so wild, dude. Like the way that they do the story. I, um, I love me a good comic. I've been collecting for, for years now. I don't have yeah. as many as I'd like to, because you know, limited space, and I have a child, and I have children. Yeah, of course. And you know, it's. But I've been doing some of my favorite comic books, though. Like, aren't even superhero comic books. So like, what do you, what do you what do you mean? Like, which which genre genres are you referring to? So like, as far as what? Like, so like when you when you think comic books, of course you think, you know, your Marvel, your DC. Yeah, uh, of course. Like Batman, Superman, Spider Man, fucking whatever. Some of my favorite comics aren't even like, and it surprises me when I think about it because I've read a lot of Marvel and a lot, well, a little, a meteor, medium amount of DC. <laughs> I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna say I'm an expert, but I know a little bit. Uh, but yeah, like I said, like uh, I think one of my favorite star uh, comic books is a Star Wars comic book. Yeah, yeah, Star the Star Wars. Uh, no, they put out a shitload of great, or and, great comics. And then I have one. I have a Back to the Future comic. A couple of those. Those are funny as yeah. fuck. By the way. Oh, I just got one of those too. I got that crossover, that fucking Back to the Future uh, Transformers fucking crossover book. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't read it yet. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't that jumped just, into that, that one. That just sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, transform. Who the hell would think of that? Who's gonna think of that concept? Like, hey, let's take Back to the Future, one of the all-time fucking greats, you know, films, and let's cross it over with the Transformer. Like, I never would have thought of that. Never. But I saw the book and I was like, oh my god, I have to buy it. <laughs> I have to buy it. 
Uh, I haven't read it yet. You know, I've, I've in the in the 20 books that I bought, I think I've read maybe maybe three of them so far. Because I still have a fucking life, man. I still have things. Well, that yeah, I of course. Do. But they're all there for me to to kind of dig into as as I go along. I started reading those those Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle books, uh, the ones that uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird did back in the 80s, which is you know kind of how the whole Turtles fucking phenomenon started was with those books, the original books from, I mean, that's back before they had colored masks to decipher which turtle was which turtle. I mean, you can obviously tell just based on stature and weapon. Weapons, yes. Weapon type is how, is the easiest way to tell which turtle is, you know, currently in the midst of dialogue. I mean, obviously, and they've got different personality quirks to kind of give that away too. But I, I started reading the old, like, 84, 85 Turtles just going, Jesus, man. Like, you can tell that it's 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 a book from back then, that it's almost a 40-year-old book. But even now, that the quality. Holds up. Just, just holds the, up. Oh, God. The, the, just the art. It's so, so good. And I was like, God, this is... This is precisely why this became the global phenomenon that it did. Is because the artwork was amazing. And I'll tell you what, those early Turtles books, those motherfuckers are brutal as fuck. Are they? It's a totally different thing. Like, this isn't 1987 Ninja Turtles where they're all fucking... It's, it's you know, 90% of the episode is them cracking jokes. Um, I think the, the closest we've ever gotten to the original Turtles is the 2003 uh, TMNT that dropped which is still to this day I, still an amazing series just absolutely amazing um, but yeah I got I, I know just head first back into comics man I'm gonna go rebuy the Marvel Zombies comics because those are some of the best ever um, which uh, I don't know if you read Marvel Zombies but god damn that is, that is some of my favorite Marvel shit ever the fact that uh, no I have uh, Deadpool cracks me up when he's like floating away yeah dude had me going um but no i fucking i love the zombie series i yeah fucking love comics this is making me just want to read all my comics i'm not going yeah to, well, like i like i said there. once 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 i start getting through some of these books yeah i, I definitely plan on letting you borrow them here and there just well, so you can uh we fucking read them. we missed our opportunity to go to phoenix fan fusion which yeah is a i know Comic-Con. i know like based thing, which I usually go every year. And that's where I get my most of my comic books. Uh, like one year, I went and I picked up a, I picked up rookie uh, uh, an issue of Green Lantern at a strip club. No, okay. no, it was the Green Arrow. Right. It was the Green Arrow at a strip club. It was, it was funny. It was yeah, there's fun. you just no, find the I... most random, bizarre comics there. I'd like to get to a uh, to, to a Comic Con, you know, at some point. I know that it's it's kind of pricey. Uh, you know, I know Comic Con is Comic Con's a little pricey. I want to go to uh, the San Diego Comic Con. See, is I'm ready for them never to bring. Going to happen because that shit's like the biggest Comic Con out there. Is oh yeah, yeah. Is San, San, San Diego, Diego Comic Con is the biggest one. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted them to bring back fucking Morphicon. That was the the Power Rangers fucking con that they were doing. Fuck shit, dude. Like, bring back Morphicon. I'll go out to that in a fucking heartbeat. Like, I would love to go to a Power Rangers con. I think that would be incredible. I think that would be fun as fuck. Um, 
Well, Jason David Frank, freaking, he he's pretty consistent. I mean, that dude makes, that's how he makes his money these days. Jason David Frank, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, is the original uh, original Green Ranger, Tommy Oliver. Uh, Green Ranger, White Ranger, Red Ranger, Black Ranger, that fuck has played every guy. And Rhodey and I were literally just talking I about this. I actually just yeah. read something that he plans on retiring the name or retiring from the Power Ranger series after this last series that is up. Oh, good. Well, I mean, yeah, he's been shipped. He's been doing it for 30, what, 32 years or something? Like, over 30 years he's been playing Tommy. Like, I mean, over <laughs> over 30 fucking years he's been playing that character, so I really can't say that, that I blame him for walking away from the franchise because it's shit, dude. Like, you do it for that amount of time. I mean, he's been playing Tommy Oliver since he was a teenager, and I think he's in his, his late 40s now. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's getting up there. He's getting close to 50 now. Um, Good for him. Outside Thank of you that, for your time. Let's uh, let's 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 get away from the comic books and talk about um, let's talk about Star Wars because there was a just fuck, dropped man, a bomb so, on me, baby. So much Star Wars heavy. God damn! Like there was a lot of like new releases that they announced. Season two of the Bad Batch is going to be dropping. Can't wait for that. Um, season two of the Bad Batch is coming out. They announced that. I mean, Mando season three hasn't even come out yet, and they're already currently in production for season four. They're like filming it back to back. So Mando, we're getting this season three and season four of Mando, which I honestly I don't know where they're gonna go with that at at, at this particular moment. I'm not sure where. Well, I'm, I know they have a plan, but where it's going, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously Grogu is back with with the Mandal- Mandalorian. Like Mando. Grogu decided. Yeah, Grogu decided to um, give up his uh, his training as a Jedi. Like, decided to, to, to walk away. What an idiot! Yeah, <laughs> decided to to walk away from the path of the Jedi and go back to Mando. Like, made made the decision that you know he was gonna stay with the Mandalorian, uh, which I love their relationship. I really do. You know, I I do, but. I mean, yeah, Luke gave him a choice, and he told him, you know, he's like, you can stay here and continue to train with me, and you may never see the Mandalorian again. You know, you may never see him again. Or, you know, you can choose to go back to the Mandalorian. Then he made his choice, you know? He went back. Um, Yeah, went back to the Mandalorian. So I'm sure we're going to get a lot more, you know, with uh, with Mando and Grogu down the line, you know, which I'm I'm really, really happy about it. I, I mean, Mando, in my mind, Mando is top two series it's top two for sure um which you know momentarily we're going to talk about you know what i would consider the other series in the top two um star wars they also announced star wars jedi survivor which is uh yeah which is going to be the direct sequel to uh jedi fallen order uh so we get more shit with cal kestis you know which i i still don't know what they're what they're overarching plan for Cal is? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I mean, you beat... Did you beat Fallen Order, or you freaking... You, you got about... It's hard as shit. I mean, it's really I got, hard. like, halfway, and I put the controller down and walked away. Yeah, it's fucking... It's really difficult. It's like the Sekiro or Demon Souls or fucking Dark Souls of, uh, you know, of Star Wars games. It is very difficult. Like, I got my ass handed to me repeatedly throughout that fucking game. But it's a lot of fun, and I mean, they really, they give you some more background, 
you know, for what happened after, you know, Order 66, any Jedi that are still alive or, you know, around are mostly in hiding. Most of them are. Um, which, you know, I, they, they haven't really given a release date for Jedi Survivor. I, I would imagine it's probably going to be next year. Yeah, I would imagine it's going to be 2023. Um, but that leads me into our big, you know, topic of discussion is that uh, bow, bow, bow. Speaking, speaking of uh, the fallout from Order 66, Obi-Wan Kenobi, first two episodes dropped on Friday. Amazing. Uh, oh, my God. Ugh. Oh, my God. It was it. And I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people bitching about it. Because a lot of people didn't like certain aspects of it, which is crazy to me. Like, um, I've heard that Princess Leia is annoying, which she kind of is. She's she's she's, a she's pretty annoying. Six year old kid. She's she's what, eight. She's about eight. Okay, what eight yeah. year old kid isn't annoying? Yeah, most eight year old kids are. You know, no offense to my son who's sitting on the couch right now. He's eight. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, about about that age, you know. Yeah, but she's. She's a little annoying, and, you know, I mean, I, I appreciate that. You know, I, I hope that she's not around much longer. I would really like Obi-Wan to drop her back off to Bal Organa and call it a fucking day and just focus on Anakin and Obi-Wan so, from there. So here's my thought, because there's, what, four more episodes? Yeah, we got about four. So... I don't see because I, I just don't. I see it being this this story being the story of of a young Leia and a you know Obi Wan. I think it's that it's that. I think it's gonna. There's something else is gonna happen because you know Princess Leia is a stubborn child, and something's gonna happen which makes this something's gonna go over here, and then fucking this is gonna happen, and then blah blah blah. It's gonna stretch it out, which I'm not mad at. Well, see, I'm not because yeah. I don't want. I, I think. Respect goes to Leia enough to, you know, she gets more than just a two-scene or two-episode movie. Yeah, so, I mean, and I kind of I kind of thought that, too. But, I mean, the other side of that is, is that you know that Obi-Wan and Anakin, or more specifically Darth Vader, you know that they're going to meet at some point. You know they're going to clash at some point. You know it's happening. Like, we all know that it's, it's going to happen, oh, yeah. you know, at some point. At some point in the next four episodes. But the big thing, the, the, I mean, the reason that I do not think Leia will still be around when that finally happens, when that conflict finally takes place, is because even in A New Hope, you know, Vader has no fucking idea that Leia is his kid. Yeah. He has no clue. You know, he still doesn't know. So I don't anticipate that there's going to be any interaction between Leia and Vader. I could be completely off base. I could be. But I, I don't see it. I think at some point in the next two episodes, two, three episodes, they're going to really start. I mean, because the biggest thing with Obi-Wan right now is he's, I wouldn't say the word is disenchanted, but it's like he's, it's like he's broken. You know, that's, that's, he's, he's a, a broken shell of who he used to be. And I saw somebody somebody make the analogy today wherein they said that whenever he had to kill Anakin, or when he thought that he killed Anakin, when he thought that he killed somebody that was like a brother to him, um, someone that he loved more than anybody else, uh, Obi-Wan kind of the person, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the person that was, you know, fought in the Clone Wars and 
you know, did did all of these things kind of died along with who, you know, along with Anakin, you know, basically, is that he thought he killed Anakin, and whatever was left of him that was the Jedi Master, Obi-Wan Kenobi, kind of died with him, which makes sense, you know, which is kind of why he is the way that he is. So when that guy called him Obi-Wan Kenobi, he sat there and he goes, I'm not Obi-Wan, because my name's Ben, you know? Oh, yeah, I, I see your point of view on that. Um, but here's a real question, right? When are we going to get a Qui-Gon Jinn cameo? It's, it's basically been confirmed that Qui-Gon is going to show up at some point in the next four episodes as, as a Force ghost, obviously. Obviously. He's going to come. He's going to come in as a force ghost because right now he's Obi-Wan has lost his way. And I mean, if you look at the first two episodes at different points in the first two episodes, he calls out to Qui-Gon, you know, about I can really use your help, master. And I, I don't know what to do. And I, you know, just lost. And I think, well, I mean, if you think about it, um, at the end of uh, episode three of Revenge of the Sith, Yoda, Master Yoda gives uh, Obi Wan, one last task. It was the same task that his master was working on before he died. Yeah, yeah. Which is learns fucking Force ghosts. I'm, ass- I'm assuming. To- I'm assuming that's what it was. Learns how to commune with with the dead. Oh, you know, which yeah. is yeah. That's I mean that's Obi Wan. Obviously, it's a big part of you know his interactions with Luke from. From Empire Strikes Back to Return of the Jedi, is that any time Obi Wan shows up after that, it's it's Force Ghost Obi Wan. So, um, I I think the intention is to have Qui Gon show up as kind of a a moral compass to kind of put him, him on back right on, yeah, to put him back on the right path and to help him clear his mind and to get back to where he needs to be because you can tell that you know he took he took the mission on to save Leia kind of reluctantly you know it was very very reluctant because remember when bat when you know bail asked him initially he said no he turned him down I'm not yeah that he person said no anymore. he said yeah he said you know the the person that you knew 10 years ago is is gone he doesn't exist anymore um you know it was very very reluctant to take on that mission and even at that point when Leia falls off the top of the building you can see how much he's struggling to use his power to stop her you know, from falling. I mean, he managed to get her at the very fucking last second, but Obi-Wan is, um, and I think it was Ringo, Shawnee Ringo kind of, shout out to Shawnee Ringo, who is also Ba-ba-bow. a big Star Wars fan. Oh, yeah, but you remember in, in the sequel trilogy how Luke had kind of shut off his connection to the Force. Yeah. You know, I mean, he did. He shut off his connection to the Force, and I feel like that's kind of, to an extent, what what happened to Obi Wan is that he, at some point in the ten years, you know, that's that's well, taken place, he was in hiding. So it, that would make sense for him to to shut off the Force from him, so any Sith around him couldn't, you know, feel the Force, sort of. Speak. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. That makes sense. What? No, I, and I. They're going. It's going to keep building, and I mean, honestly, uh, Ewan McGregor, uh, the gentleman that portrays Obi Wan Kenobi, has said that this was the most fulfilling thing he has ever done, Star Wars related, um, by far. He said this is the most fulfilling thing he's ever done. 
Um, he said this really closed a, a chapter for him, but that if he was approached to come back and portray the character again, he would sign on in a heartbeat just because of the writing and what, you know, what they were able to accomplish with the series. And, I mean, we need to talk about Vader for, for a second. Bro, really I'll sit here and talk about Vader all day long. Yeah, we've got we've really got to talk about Vader because we finally got the first glimpse, glimpse of Vader. It was it was a quick little thing, you know, with Vader at the end of uh the second episode. You finally get a glimpse of Vader, which, <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of talk about how Vader is going to have a massive presence in this series that it's not just going to be oh quick cameo with Vader like it's not going to be like that um you know because I mean fuck we we find out that Obi-Wan has spent the last 10 years thinking that Vader was dead thought he killed him you know he thought he was dead he died you know he died whenever during their last fight yeah you know at the end of Revenge of the Sith so he has spent 10 years thinking that he killed Anakin and he has been trying to reconcile the fact that that he's dead you know so to come to that realization by Riva for Riva to be the one to tell him he's still alive and he has been looking for you for 10 years he's been he's been trying to find you for 10 years obviously to kill him you know I mean that's that's the intention is to fucking kill him but that he's been looking for him for 10 years that is, so you can see yeah go ahead I was gonna say that's crazy that's just it was yeah it was no crazy. you can you, you can see it painted on his face at the end of that episode, just the shock in his face. Yeah. You know, just just absolute shock that the Vader is still alive. And I mean, this... How would you feel it, if you're a fucking... Your best friend, you help raise yeah. and fucking train, and then you had to fucking kill him, and then you thought he is dead, and then you find 10, uh, ten years later that he's, he's still alive and kicking... Yeah, I'm. I'm telling you right now, I'd be like, "What the fuck?" Like, and right, right now, this what? is you know, ten, ten years later, this is um, probably the most brutal form of Vader. This is the, <laughs> this is Vader at his most fucking brutal. You can't is, see is where he's at. Listening, but I'm shaking my head yes with a green. Yeah, because he's yeah, a the, fucking monster. He is full yeah. dark side. He has no light in him whatsoever at this point. He is fucking villages up. He's just destroying planets. He's fucking doing it all. Yeah. This is, uh, I'd say at at this point in time, I think he's got to, he can only probably be in his his maybe mid-30s. I think if it's been ten years, I'm pretty sure he was only if that. Well, because so I'm pretty sure at the end one, of teen in the second one, early mid twenties in the second one. Yeah, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, I'm pretty sure he's only like twenty two or twenty three. Yeah, like he's still he's still a like kid. That, I think. So I mean, it's been ten years since then. So he's he, in his fucking him, prime. He's in his early thirties. Like this is early thirties Vader. So right. I mean, this is he's still still young. You know, so this is the the brutal fucking Darth Vader is going to kill somebody fucking Vader. Like, this isn't, this is before, predates him being conflicted in, you know, Jedi. Like, it, it predates all of that. Like, this, yeah, this, like you said, this is when Vader has no light in him whatsoever. He still does, but it's it's hidden. It's deep. Deep, deep, deep. 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 Um, 
And this is, you know, I mean, this is before he has come to the realization that his that his kids are alive. That well, he doesn't he, know yet. Yeah, that's why he's probably still he's so dark because his fucking kids. He thought, well, kid, kid, because he didn't know yeah. he had twins. No, didn't know. Because you got to remember, it was Palpatine in Empire. Palpatine was the one that told him that, uh, you know, the son of son of Anakin Skywalker still lives. You know, they explained to him that Luke was, you know, was his kid, that he was his son. You know, and obviously you get that fight between him and Luke and Luke fucking. He reveals to Luke that, you know, he's his father. Um, But at this point, at this point, he has no fucking idea that his children are alive. He has no clue. So his his sole motivation is to hunt and kill the Jedi and specifically Obi-Wan Kenobi, which you know, we've talked about it a, a few weeks ago that we're going to get that second that big fight. fight. It's that second it's fight. It's, it's 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 coming. It's and be delicious. I, I, I don't think it's probably I don't be know better if, than the first one. Though. And that's and that's what I'm hoping. I know that, you know, it's been a long time since Obi-Wan has used his lightsaber. So I could see them doing him being a little rusty because it's been so long for him. I could see them going that route, but I almost hope that they go with, you know, this is two masters of, of the lightsaber. Two guys that fucking just, I mean, because Jesus, I, I've said it before, that Revenge of the Sith, that lightsaber battle is still the best one out of out of everyone that we've seen over the course of films. Yeah, and, Ray and fucking, and Ben. Uh, Kylo Ren. Yeah, Ray and Ben yeah, thought Ray. fucking they had the best st- fucking lightsaber fight. You're incorrect. No. I mean, that's two people that have never had... I mean, well, you know, Kylo had legitimate training. Ray had never had any fucking training whatsoever. And J.J. Abrams has talked about that, and he said, we wanted to make it look like she had never been trained with a lightsaber. He goes, that was the point. Fucking good job. (laughs) Yeah, she had never had any formal training. She doesn't have the training that Obi-Wan had or the training that Anakin had. Like, she didn't have either of those things. So, I, I get it. And I, I really hope that episode three of Obi-Wan uh, starts to put the spotlight on Vader a little bit more. Which, by the way, have they have they announced if James Earl Jones is coming back to, to voice the character again? Like, I was I was really curious about that. And I, I didn't see anything confirming that it was going to be James Earl Jones playing no, I think, Vader again. I, I, think J- uh, I think he is just the voice of old Vader. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was his voice at the end of Revenge of the Sith, if you think about oh, it. That's true, too. At the end of Revenge of the no. Sith, that was James. No! That just the uh, most cringeworthy fucking scene in any movie ever. God, I cringe so hard. Um, the movie was great outside of that. No! no. Oh, my God. Terrible. God, it was terrible. But I... I I would really love for them just to let Hayden Christensen yeah. be the voice. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be mad about that at all. Because it's him in the fucking suit. You. you know, it's Hayden Christensen in the suit. So, shit, fucking let him voice the character. Fuck it, why not? Um, you know, he says, he, and he's right. I read what he said recently about it. and He goes, you know, he's like, it's not like it was 20 years ago. When these movies had first come out, and there was a lot of, disdain for them a lot of people didn't like them he goes you know he's like it's not like that anymore he goes it's crazy it grew he goes, on how us. it's ha- yeah it grew on everybody he goes it's crazy well, how it happened he goes 
first one still. He sucks. goes everything. He goes everything that I hear from the fans. He goes now. He goes is all so positive. He goes all of it is. He goes it's like they welcomed me back into this family with open arms. He goes and it's it's amazing. He goes to see it happen that way. He goes is honestly he goes I was probably the most hated guy in Star Wars for for the longest time. And nobody looks at him that way anymore. I mean, the, the, I've always liked those movies. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I've always liked the prequels. Um, you know, I've watched them countless, repeatedly. Fucking, I've, I've, I've watched them over and don't over Don't get me wrong. Don't again. get me wrong. Revenge of the Sith, probably one of my favorite Star Wars films. Yeah, it's one of the best. Um, but fucking the man, Phantom Menace. That could go to the fucking gutters. I don't give a shit about but, that movie. But it did. But it did have a great lightsaber battle. There was. It really did. Uh, there was uh, some scenes where, like, you know, it was good. But the the fuck you, whoopee, fuck you. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Fucking, he took down that trade federation yeah. fucking ship by by, by himself. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! It's like what the fuck. I just, like, like, there was, <laughs> and then there was jaw, jaw. And I was like, nah, nah. Oh, Jar Jar? Yeah, Jar Jar, Jar, Jar Binks? Yeah. No, Jar Jar is the most annoying character that's ever been in Star Wars, and I, I will say that till the day I die. No, no, I, I But, agree. I mean, I, I, I can even go back and watch The Phantom Men. I can't watch it like I watch, you know, Attack of the Clones or, you know, fucking Revenge of the Sith. Like, I can't watch it like those two films. But I can't, you know, I'll go back. Like, when I got the, the ultra-high-definition editions of Star Wars, like, when I picked those up, yeah, fuck yeah, I watched Phantom Because <laughs> I wanted to watch all six films. Like, I wanted to watch all six of I them. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, I When it, when I watch my... Because like every so often, I'll watch all the Star Wars films. Like, back-to-back. Back. Yeah. I just do it. It makes me feel good. And I, don't I really do, do watch one, two, and three. I Like, every time, I, I, I will watch one... The Phantom Menace, I will watch it. I don't like it, but I have to watch it because if not, yeah. it just, you know. I haven't I haven't really gotten into that place yet where I'm including 7, 8, and 9 in my viewings. Like, I haven't really gotten to that place. I actually watched um, I watched uh, The Force Awakens, uh, Episode 7. I watched that recently, which, it, you know, it's still a great movie. Of the sequels, it's still probably the best one, I think. Like, 7 was great. 8 was... Not very good. It ages a little bit better the longer you watch it. But what Ryan Johnson did with that film is just, it's its hard to watch. It really is. It's hard to watch and appreciate what he did because it was like, you know, you took the Star Wars tropes, what you expect to happen. You took that and you went the complete opposite direction on everything. Like, he did that with Episode 8. Everything that you expected to happen is not what happened. And then Episode 9 was J.J. Abrams just kind of trying to trying to save it. He, he did. He, re, he tried tried his ass off to save it, to save the sequels, which, I mean, I, I honestly, I don't hate Episode 9. I really don't. I mean, there, there was some great, great shit in that movie. So I, I don't hate it. But it was hard to save that franchise after, you know, kind of what had happened. It was really hard to save it. So I don't really include the, the sequels in my, you know, Star Wars viewings. It's really hard for me to go uh, back and watch them. I, I don't have a problem not watching those movies. Let yeah. me be 100% clear. 
I do not give a fuck about them. Yeah. They yeah. piss me the fuck off. <laughs> but I think, uh, you know, after the sequels, they'd kind of learned their lesson, and now we're getting just some great, great shit. We've been yes. getting some awesome, awesome stuff, like, with the, with the series. Like, the shows have been the best Star Wars-related uh, stuff. I mean, we're about to... Real quick. We're about to get the first season of Andor in Ooh, August, I think. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, first season of Andor is dropping in August, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and then they've already confirmed season two. Knights of the Old Republic on the Switch. Are you getting it when it drops? I'm going to buy it on the PS5 when it drops. Uh, I know it's... I know it's. Is it dropping on the PS5? Are you talking about the original Knights of the Old Republic? Are you talking about the, the, the remake that they're about to do? Because they're about to do a, a remake of Knights of the Old Republic. I'm sorry. That's about to come again for the Roadster. They're doing a remake. I they, did not. You didn't know? They announced it last year. that They're, they're doing a, a full-on remake of Knights of the Old Republic. Well, like they they released the first the first trailer. Well, you know, for for what I mean, it's probably not going to be out till late 2023 or 2024. It's going to be a while. Stupid. It's going to be a while, but they they're completely remaking Knights of the Old Republic. This oh, is from awesome. the top, you know, from the bottom up. They're remaking the the game. So I'm I'm fucking goddamn I'm excited. Like I'm really excited about about the remake. Just stick to what worked with the first game. Just stick to what worked. Don't fucking change shit. Update the visuals. Add a couple sweet-ass moves here and there. But that's it. That's all you have to do. You don't have to do anything else because Knights of the Old Republic is a fucking perfect game. Oh, so You don't have to do anything good. else. It's perfect. You don't have to do anything else. You know, Just you know do a remake. Fuck with it. Update the visuals. And make it basically the same fucking game. You don't have to do anything else. Just that, that's it. You know, I don't need them to do like a Final Fantasy VII with fucking Star Wars. Like, Not at all. And don't get me wrong. I, I love Remake. I think Remake's fucking awesome. That's a whole other topic. We'll get into that one <laughs> of these days. But, you know, fucking, I, I don't need them to do that. You know, to where they, you know, completely rebuild the fucking entire world around you. Like, I just want the game. Just give me what we played before, but make it look better. That's it. Uh, Road, you, you, are, are we, we got any more or we, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty tapped hit out. All the, yeah. Yeah. I think we've hit all the star Wars related topics. We'll get back into the normal news, uh, next week, but I, I think Rody and I just wanted to try something a little bit different this week. So it goes. And yeah. So, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll keep doing these topical episodes because I, I like them and I know Rody likes I them. It was so. Fun. Yeah, I, I would rather do something that's topical than, you know, talk about seven, eight things and like three of them being something that everybody wants to listen to. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, we've got a let's let's go ahead and give a shout out to uh, Jeremy and Guyver, uh Cosmic Soup Recording Podcast. They do what we do, but they come at it with a different perspective. So, uh, yeah, give them a shout on Facebook. Yeah. Cosmic Soup Recording Podcast. They do it every Friday. So, yeah, actually, absolutely give them a listen. They have a completely different perspective, and it is absolutely worth listening to. So, yeah, go ahead and check them out. Um, Rody, if you don't have anything else. Dude, no, I'm fucking ripped. I'm done. <laughs> I'm, let's, let's carry on with this podcast. Well, ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the Rody and I, this has been your weekly dose of Nerd. <laughs> 
boy, that nerdy news just gets nerdier and newsier each week. Holy shit. <laughs> These guys did about a fucking hour and a half this week. Yeah, Jesus. it wasn't right. an hour I mean, and a why half. Why don't you just take the whole show? Why don't you it just It just felt it? like an hour and a half, but it wasn't an hour and a half, god damn. Yeah, it. talk Maybe. about you're talking in the wrestling segment talking about fucking Thunder Rosa's promo t- felt about six and a half hours. Well, guess what? Your fucking nerdy news segment felt like a fucking WrestleMania weekend and not a good oh, WrestleMania you, either. But you a enjoyed day, every minute of get one free Oh, I could talk. I, I'm sure fucking, yeah, I could talk about Obi-Wan for fucking 72 goddamn hours straight. And that, we got at least maybe a, maybe a 16th of that. So shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. He's right. We'll see. He's fucking right. I'll start chopping and editing the shit out of your guys' segment. Well, Gio, it looks like your toupee needs a washing, so we should probably get to the end of this show, shall we? It's not going to matter. It'll be a different color next fucking Thursday. You know who has better nerdy news? Cosmic Soup Recording. Oh! You can suck suck my entire cock. How about that? That's fucked up. Meatpack, you know what to do. Hit him with that knowledge. I can't, dude. I fucking can't. <laughs> <laughs> Cosmic Soup recording. <laughs> At Cosmic Soup AC on Instagram. <laughs> Folks, if you guys want great rates. <laughs> If you need any motherfucking audio engineering done, if you need to record your own podcast, make an album, if you have a great song that you want to come to life, hit up Cosmic Soup Recording. It is the best place for your audio needs, anything that you need. There's also green screen room, there is uh, soundproof studios, individual rooms, whatever you need to do, you can hit up our boys, Jeremy and Colby, at Cosmic Soup Recording, ladies and gents. Right across the hall, Geo. Guess who's right across the hall, well, Geo? I'll tell you who's right across the hall, meatbag. Who's that? Motherfucking bodacious prince. That's right, ladies and You're gents. You're a good guesser. You are a really good guesser today. And folks, speaking of surprisingly great rates, hit up your motherfucking people in Bodacious Prince. They will give you the best deals on all kinds of merchandise that you need made. Whether you need shirts, hats, koozies, uh, patches. There's all kinds of different stuff that they're always adding to their list of things that they do, their repertoire. Um, Hit them up. You guys, there's no screen setup fees or no minimum requirements at Bodacious what? Prince. And check it out, motherfuckers. You can reach Chris and Lola Flyshaker uh, via email, bodaciousaz at gmail.com or Facebook. They spent, they, they do a lot of uh, communicating with their peeps on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash bodacious. A Z B O D A C I O U S A Z. Hell yeah. Hit them up. And if you want to support them and buy Bodacious Prince merch, like actual t shirts that say Bodacious Prince on them, go to bodaciousprince.bigcartel.com. Check out, they have really cool designs there. Uh, Lola is an amazing artist, fantastic, if you will. Um, Meatbag. 
the accident there is definitely going to get a batch of shirts going here soon. Now that we've got some Absolutely. shows coming up. Absolutely. Meatbag. What? Speaking last, of shows? Last but certainly not least. Yeah, speaking of motherfucking shows, what do we got? Who do we got to thank? We got Permanent Vacation Presents, and they're the newest sponsor of the Geo and Meatbag Show featuring Rodeo and Cash. And we are very, very proud to have Permanent Vacation Presents as one of our sponsors. Ben Talty, one of the event coordinators here in Phoenix, Arizona, coordinating events from the Nile Theater to the Nile Underground, Pub Rock, both Yucca Tap Room, North and South. Uh, he puts together some really, really great shows, some of the best stoner metal and punk rock shows here in the land of the desert. If you guys want to go check out a show, hit up permvacpresents.com or look up Permanent Vacation Presents uh, on all social media platforms. Get some tickets. Go see a show. Boom. Yes, yes. And did you? I, I've stopped paying attention because I was doing the Stevie Wonder trying yeah. to make you guys laugh. <laughs> but did you already mention I was that if you are a band from out of town, he's also a, a good uh, connect to hit up? Yes. Yes. So get a hold of Permanent Vacation Presents if you are a band out of town. And uh, yeah, hit up, hit up Ben through Permanent Vacation Presents and uh, see what you can get set up, man. Uh, he's always looking for bands. I like how Cash is being really festive about my weekend. He's got the red backwards baseball cap on, but it says NFL Football. on it. But you know, yeah. you know what I mean. It's still a baseball cap. And, uh, you know, it reminds me of, you know, a certain homie of mine named Freddie D, a.k.a. Fred Durst of Limp Biscuit. I'm going to fucking see Limp Biscuit for the first time ever. I am so fucking excited that I no longer want to sit here in front of all of you fucks. So I'm done. You know Fuck what? You. you should just trip. You should just hit the space bar on, on your computer and just get up, jump in your Jeep and fucking head to Vegas right yeah. now. Right what's happening? Go away. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, talking bombs, just like this episode, <laughs> waste of time.
project. Son, where'd you find this? If you're looking for any audio recording or you'd like to record your own podcast, please visit Cosmic Super Recording, where you can turn your ideas into reality. Whether you're looking to record one song or a whole album, Cosmic Super Recording will fit any budget. For more information, visit CosmicSuperCording.com or call or text at 480-331-7687. That's 480-331-SOUP. Also available on all social media. Cosmic Soup Recording is located in Phoenix, Arizona, near 24th Street and Thomas. Call now for a free quote or to book your session today. 480-331-7687. 